Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Standing on My Soapbox, the daily rant and radio show. We talk about all of the good, bad, and the ugly of current events. Join your host, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. You, our listeners, are invited to call in and stand on our soapbox with us. Call 347-989-0126 between 4 and 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. That's 347-989-0126. Now, here are your host and creator, Scott Fullerton, and co-host, Craig Hurley. Well, thank you, Katie. Welcome to Standing on My Soapbox. It is hump day, everyone. We're halfway through an exciting week of talk radio where we discuss today's news, politics, and pop culture every Monday through Friday with our listeners calling in and tell us what's on your mind. It's Wednesday, April 10th, 2019. I'm your host, Scott Fullerton. And with me, as always, is my favorite co-host, actor and writer, Mr. Craig Hurley. Let's get to it. Give us a call for the next 50 minutes, guys. 347-989-0126. That's 347-989-0126. Mr. Craig Hurley, how the heck are you? And here we go. Why so serious, sir? I don't know. I want to know how I got these scars. (laughs) I'm just uh, in a very Heath Ledger type of mood today. Sorry I was so, um, man, I just ran down the stairs. Uh, to get down here in the studio. Um, uh, uh, yeah, sorry I was so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, caustic yesterday. Uh, I I uh, was a little bit on edge talking about the abortion issue. So it I just wanted to, wanted to apologize for, for being so caustic. I think our listeners understand. We're good. I'm going to try a no, swearing, a no swearing show. What do you mean? Besides snow? Sometimes yeah, it snows ready for the new in April. Sometimes <laughs> I feel so bad. Yeah, that's uh, Prince. Well, at least my uh, attempted rendition. Um, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it snows in April. April, guys. There you go. Yeah, they have uh, what I read today. I think it's like um, 14 states or something. I don't even remember. It's like 4 million people. I know that. They have uh, 4 million people expected to uh, take care of the most powerful blizzard in April in many, many moons. uh, From Colorado to Minnesota, all over the place, from spring-like weather, it's going to hit Wyoming, Colorado, Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota, I remember... Yeah, I remember a blizzard in April when I was really young. I was on the expressway uh, coming home from a from an Easter break that I spent with my grandma and grandpa, and they they were driving, of course, 
And we got hit with such a bad snowstorm that the there was a, a truck, a tractor trailer truck that flipped over in front of us and not directly oh, yeah. in front of us, but, right. but in front of us, uh, uh, like a quarter mile um, from where we were supposed to exit. And we got trapped on the expressway overnight. We were we were there for easily You're eight kidding. hours and in that snowstorm. Oh and it was it was mid-April from it may have even been late April. And I was probably like four or five, maybe six years old. So we're talking 1975, maybe 1974, somewhere in there. I'm giving away my age. <laughs> A guy never tells, or is that a girl or whoever? An actor never tells. That's for damn sure. Nice. You'll never know. <laughs> oh, no, we're yeah. Uh, no, I've actually been asked uh, by casting directors how old I am, and that's uh, uh, it not only is it a faux pas, but it's um, uh, a violation of my civil rights. Um, you're not. That's age discrimination. So <laughs> be careful uh, who you're asking their age. I was, I forget who it was. There's some comedian out there I saw one time, and he was doing his act, and he goes to this lady in the front row. He goes, so, young lady, how old are you? And it was an older lady. He says, oh, wait, I forgot. I'm not supposed to ask that anymore. Okay, young lady, how much do you weigh? I was, I was cracking up. The whole audience was cracking up. Nice. Who was that? Well, Which comedian? <laughs> it was some comedian. I don't know who it was. It was funny. Fact, their whole act was on stuff you're not supposed to say politically correct. It was pretty uh, it's probably George. It's probably George Carlin, dude. He always, Could have he's been. the one that is always questioning, you know, all of the well, cliches. No, I, and, person live, I never got to see George Carlin live. Whatever this was, this was someone live. I don't remember who it was, but George Carlin is an amazing comic. God, I wish, uh, wish I got, to he see would have so much to say. His, his daughter actually has picked up that torch. Um, she is, uh, she is just as smart. She is just as funny. Um, she has uh, just as many uh, things to say as her dad did. So I, nice. if, if yeah, if, yeah, pay attention to her. She's um, she's re- she's a really funny comedian, and she um, and you know I, I kind of wanted to. I, 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 this, this segue is perfect. Uh, the the Felicity Hoffman and Lori Laughlin thing. Um, I, you know, right there, George Carlin's daughter is picking up the torch. I'm, I, I'm really not understanding what is going through Felicity Hoffman's or Lori Laughlin's heads on this. They're scamming people for over what the past 10 years on getting people into their, their, their uh, pyramid scheme I, in order to get their dumbass kids into college. I, I'm right. I'm not I, I really I I don't understand and it's it's not just you know celebrities it's it's executives I mean these guys and women that are that are being charged right now are just executives in charge of of different companies they're not they're not associated with the entertainment business at all and and still right. they're, they're they're paying to have their dumbass kids get into whatever college I, I'm. I'm I, I'm I'm confused, okay? Because nepotism runs really, really high, especially in the entertainment business. And if your kid's a freaking dumbass, don't send them to college. 
don't care about college. You're a freaking star in the entertainment business, right? Felicity Hoffman, Lori Laughlin. Well, Lori Laughlin, not so much. What? What did she have? Full house? Are you serious? And what does she have now? Fuller house? Oh, give me a break. That whole thing, they would not have full house. I've already said this. They would not have full house without every which way, which my fiance, Katie Barberi, starred in. And by the way, Nickelodeon, you guys, uh, what? Henry Danger and iCarly are your two top shows? That's bullshit. Every which way got six million views. That's your top viewership, guys. Why aren't they in that contest? Uh, Right now, Nickelodeon's running this stupid-ass contest. What's your favorite show? Forget about your highest-rated show that actually brought back Full House. Because Full House had no rating since 1980-whatever the hell. And now it's got amazing ratings. And now they've got Fuller House. So... If people like Felicity Hoffman and, and Lori Laughlin, I'm, I'm like, why don't I'm sorry, Felicity Hoffman. I, I keep pronouncing her, her name wrong, um, but it, they, they got, got more than uh, uh, enough contacts. Pick up your phone, call the producers and the directors or have your agent better yet. Hello, this is so and so from CAA. Would you hire Will Smith's daughter? Would you hire <laughs> Felicity Hoff? I'm mentioning Will Smith right. because that's exactly what Will Smith does. You know, he's not, he's not have, looking at his have, kids. Think, he's not looking at Jaden to go to college. <laughs> doesn't have the business like eight year relationship with ABC with uh with um, the housewives and uh, Showtime. Like what about Showtime? Years on what about Showtime and, and Shameless? shameless. And, oh, yeah, it's, you know, well, I don't understand. I, I'm like, all of these people, Blythe Danner, uh, Bruce Paltrow, uh, Martin Sheen, uh, Donald Sutherland, uh, Ron Howard, <laughs> Will Smith, <laughs> Lenny Kravitz. Lisa Marie Presley, Priscilla Presley, Goldie Hawn, John Aniston. I can keep going. There is a huge list of people, a huge list that they all got their their kids involved in the family business, which the family business is entertainment. And it, it can transfer over all of those executives that are currently being charged that has nothing to do with the entertainment business, they just got involved in a pyramid scheme that started screwing a whole bunch of other people down the line. So they want, they, all of those people, the same thing. Have you ever heard of take your kid to work day? What the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) You don't have, you make $300,000 a year, right? As an executive, what take your kid to work and give them a job right there, right then. Hey, here's what you're going to be doing forever. And when you make enough money, you can decide to do something else if you want to. That's pretty freaking easy to do. That's really and easy Lori to, to do. And has Hallmark, and Hallmark is all about, they use the same actors all the time. She can get her son, son or daughter in there. They'd be set for life. And her daughter was already doing good with her social media stuff. We got the dad as a designer. I mean, she could go into fashion. Her, her dad's a pretty popular designer. They had, like, no, no problems getting anything they want in life, I don't think. But I don't know. I, I, I just I, I, I don't get it. You know, I, I, like I just mentioned Martin Sheen, both Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen. I, I, you know, uh, I, I just I just don't freaking get it, man. I, I, I really I, I don't understand it. Uh, if you're in a certain position in any business, just bring your kids in. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any just teach them what you know. It doesn't make any sense not to. 
You know, otherwise you're going to wind up getting involved in something like this. Dude, she's looking at, they're, they're both looking at jail. They're both looking at jail for this stuff. Yeah, I think Cousin's going to get off on a slap on the wrist because I think... Well, that's, um, that's the thing. She just... But but that's federal, dude. She tried to bribe a, a, a SAT score thing. You can't. You, you right. can't. That's all the way across the United States. No, you can't. That goes international, too. You can't oh, do yeah, that. No, it's going to be on the record. I know people... It's, it's a serious thing, but I think she'll get away as a, a fine or a community no, I know, service. I know. For a, I know. I can, I can be really specific. I know a person that, um, that got a 2180, I believe, 2184, some crazy number on her SATs. Just crazy number. She did it in four hours. Okay? She's a freaking genius, and she did it in four hours. You don't need any more time to do the SATs. You can do the SATs. You don't need any more time. You don't need to pay for any more time. And what you do get done, you do get done because you know, you, you need to score exactly and you need to be placed exactly where you need to be placed in those colleges that you're applying for. You don't want to be placed in somewhere that's more advanced than you because you will learn nothing. Uh, hey, going off track yeah, yeah, for one second, there for a reason. talked about um, Emilio Estevez and my chair. Yeah. I remember I told you I saw him on the news the other day. We got to find someone to get in contact with him. His new movie sounds pretty interesting called the public and it's about um libraries becoming de facto homeless shelters and it's a uh, set in cincinnati ohio and no we should go with we should go with zoos I, i've always thought zoos and people laugh at that like what are, what are we going to go look at homeless people no um there aren't going to be any more animals in there because the animals need to roam free especially since the animals have learned to defend themselves and kill poachers um, I think that's freaking hilarious still. I, I so I'm so proud of that elephant. Um, and, and the, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, we need to empty the zoos and just like he's talking about, uh, what did he, what, what is it that they, that they emptied? I'm sorry. I, 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 I didn't hear anything about the show. I know you mentioned it before. You just yeah, mentioned it's, it. It's, well, yeah, I, we talked about it a little bit, um, when I saw just a quick thing on it, but I guess it's, it's called the public and it's all about um, it, it turns into an act of civil disobedience. It was it turns into a standoff with police when homeless people in Cincinnati take over the public library to seek right. shelter from the bitter cold. Right. So it's going to be as an yeah. premise. Yeah, no, that, yeah, I've said that in the past. There's, there's a lot of uh, abandoned buildings as well in the United States. I, we only have a certain amount of homeless people. Uh, it's like 4 million now um, in that neighborhood. And they, they there's like 18.5 million abandoned buildings in the United States. And some of these are actually apartment complexes. So you can, you know, you can house an awful lot of people. And it really doesn't take that much money of a city's money and monies in order to rehab someplace. It also creates jobs. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it would be a really good idea for um, uh, us, for we, to start um, uh, uh, helping these people and housing them. And I, you know, I'm not, I'm not too sure how an abandoned building helps anybody. Uh, it, what? It's right. an eyesore. Uh, it's dangerous. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how it helps anyone. So, you know, we need to clean those up and beautify it and, and then put some homeless people in there. 
And and like I said, for zoos, it's the same thing. Dude, they they already got, you know, it's already set up. They got little backyards and shit. They got all these little, oh, I swore. I've been trying not to swear the entire show. <laughs> and what, ah, oh, little swear word slips out. Sorry, because I, I, I really am, you know, I really was a little too caustic yesterday. By the way, 347-989-0126. I'm a little more laid back today. I probably won't, you know, tear you apart if you call. Um, but I, uh, yeah, it was, uh, they got the little backyards. They got, uh, you know, they already got housing. It's already there. And then, and then they've got medical facilities that are already set up. So you put some doctors in there and you already have administration offices. So you've got some type of administration for the, for the, what is, you know, what would be a, a fenced in neighborhood, which is (laughs) what we have all over the place. You know, we've got all these really nice neighborhoods all over the place. So it's the same thing. And there's already vegetation. There's already landscaping. It's all this really cool rocks and ponds and shit. So uh, again, with the swear word. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I think zoos would well, be a good, a good place idea, for the homeless as well. I don't know how well. many abandoned ones there are, but it'd be a good start. That's I, for I, sure. I say shut them down. I, I say shut them down and start making them into areas where the homeless can can live. Um, and no, nobody goes and visits, and, and unless you want to go say hi to the homeless people, unless you know somebody that's there, you know, and your friends, and yeah, go say hi. But nobody's going to be walking around to. To, you yeah, know, no, you can take the fences down. Home. We don't need to have cages the anymore hell. for people. That's for yeah. sure. We'll take the fences no. down, obviously. Well, no, they, no they, they still think the ACLU jumped all over him this week as far as the uh, the border and the kids in cages and the, the people that are at the border requesting their children back. ACLU is all over them in a federal case right now. They um, need to be. They are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those kids need to be returned to their parents and their parents need to be let into the United States. No room. That's what I heard him say. There's no more room here. And I, now, I'm, now I'm acting like he's like Jeff Sessions or something. I can't I can't do a yeah, good number US 45. I, I'm closed, trying to. Uh, dude, I've driven all over this place, all over the United States. You go an hour and a half or two hours outside of, oh, I don't know, Chicago. Just, just go just past DeKalb. Just go west of DeKalb in, in, Chicago, or in Illinois. And you, all you have is nothing. You have nothing. There's nothing out there. There's these towns that maybe have 20,000 people. I've seen towns that have 2,000 people as I'm driving along, as I'm going through areas in Nebraska. There's nothing. There's nothing out there. We don't have any room. Right. Are you serious? There, there is so much property here in the United States. States, it's silly. It's absolutely silly. We could fit the entire country of Honduras, which is in South America, guys. That is not a Mexican country. Please just look on a map. Um, don't believe anything that they say. Just look on a map and find out for yourself. Educate yourself. Okay. Honduras. That's actually Central American. Sorry. Um, is is located in a different area than Mexico, um, and and we could fit the entire entire country of Honduras in oh I don't know, um, uh, let's see about half of Texas. South Dakota. Have you ever been to put Texas? Them in South Dakota. Yeah, put them all in <laughs> South Dakota. Actually, that's great. Uh, we have a whole bunch of indigenous, uh, you know, American Indian there that would gladly accept them, gladly. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're brethren as far as they understand. 
right. they were here first. If you're indigenous, you were here first. That's what indigenous means. That's what Indian comes from. Indigenous. If you were here first, and therefore, what? You have some responsibility to this United States or this property? You have ownership? Uh, yeah, I would say so. What? Somebody else came here and killed a whole bunch of your family members in order to, to possess this property. Uh, we, 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 we've moved further than that. We're more compassionate than that. So, you know, we actually do need to give back what we took. And that would be one way, actually. Bring some more immigrants that are from uh, Central America or South America and put them in northern states. Absolutely. I mean, it's getting really worrisome. They're talking about not only has he replaced uh, Jill, or, um, Kristen with Gillibrand or whatever, his Homeland Security, he's replacing his uh, secret ser- head of Secret Service, and he's replacing the head of ICE, and supposedly they're getting rid of half the people in Homeland Security with new people. He's like, we were talking about a little bit yesterday about a little coup. I think he's really trying to do a little immigration coup. I, I'm, I'm afraid to see what's going to happen here. I think something's coming down the pike, and it's from that little Nazi Stephen Miller. And I shouldn't say that. That's going to get me libeled. The guy that looks like a little Nazi, Stephen Miller. And uh, I don't know what they what they got up their sleeve, but I don't think it's hey, good. You can't. Scott, seriously? No. Uh, Defamation of uh, defamation of character, slander, and libel. You have to affect somebody's life by saying their name or saying something bad about them, and you have to affect it in such a way that they find you completely responsible for their finances being destroyed or their way of life being destroyed. So by saying that he kind of looks like a Nazi. Dude, just put up other Nazi pictures right next to him. And yeah, he kind of looks like a Nazi. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm, that's, that's all that is. I, there is no way that Scott, you, or me, Craig, could ever affect his, his way of life or, or his, his financial well-being. Not, not, not with what we say. So, and not with, you know, our listening audience. Even if we had millions of people that were listening to us, there's still no way to do that. Just by working in this in this administration, he is causing so much defamation of character and slander and libel to himself. I, you know, like I said, they uh, these people have reared their ugly ass freaking heads. So, you know, great. Matt, thanks for showing us who you are. Now we know. Thank you. And did you, did you see I sent a little thing over that uh, uh, Trump has put up a video on Twitter the other day for his 2020 campaign. He started, he's in re-election mode already, which can't blame him. All the Democrats are out there, too. But uh, he had, he, I mean, it's just real stupid. He's kind of self-grandizing, as always, everything from Kavanaugh's confirmation to Mueller report, no collusion. And then he has stupid pictures we like Rosie O'Donnell and Hillary Clinton and stuff in it. But he puts this video together, and it was actually blocked. The first time he's had anything blocked on Twitter for all reasons that he used. Speaking of Heath Ledger and the Joker, um, he used music from The Dark Knight, and so Warner Brothers shut it down. Trump is no really? Batman. 
Yep. Wow. Your election video. First time you've been <laughs> thanked on Twitter, which I think is kind of funny. Nice job, Warner Brothers. Nice job. I can. Exactly. That, that's commendable. Yeah. Congratulations. That no, that's that's commendable. I I, I think that's that's very very smart of them. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they it's it's funny, but it is it's, they got to watch that problem. I mean, a lot of those artists on both sides of the aisle, they have people using their music without permission. And I'm glad someone did something about it. That's good. I'm pretty sure the Rolling Stones are still in a lawsuit with him as well. And uh, Queen and Queen was also in a lawsuit, from what I understand, with him for using different songs. Right. Yeah, that happens a lot in campaign trails. And uh, it's, it's just ridiculous that it's kind of fun though when they cloud back on it though it makes them look worse in the long run i think but it is pretty sad that you don't actually ask an artist permission if you're gonna use someone's music find out if they're a supporter first and ask their permission i mean that's just one of those self-inflicted shoot yourself in the foot injuries that all of a sudden you yeah have I, a you know i i'm sure there's a couple 80, of I'm sure there's a couple of artists out there that are still going to be supportive. Just, you know, have Scott Baio sing something. Or Kid Rock. Have Kid Rock. Kid Rock is still supportive of Kid Rock do something for you. Yeah, have Kid Rock write something. Oh, that's right. He can't. (laughs) But whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, all he does is sample shit. I I swore again. Whatever happened to him? Did he, wasn't he going to run for like a governor of like Minnesota or something like Jesse Ventura? He's a fool. He's a fool. Uh, I, I have no idea. I, I, I don't know what he what he what he's doing. I don't I don't even follow him anymore. I not not like I ever really did. So yeah, not, I mean I was never a fan. I mean I I'm a huge fan of what's her face that he did the duet with. What's her name now? I can't think of it. Cheryl Crow. Uh, I'm like you. Whenever, huh? Cheryl Crow. No. Yeah, Cheryl Crow. Thank you. Yeah, I love Cheryl Crow music, and I and their their song together was fine, and I was happy yeah, for that. But other than that, I was never really paid attention to them. So I I, I like you know I have to say you know when I when I was a kid I liked Ball with a Ball and I liked um, what's the other the West Coast I, I can't think of what the hell it's called um, but uh, uh, I, like I said you know I, I listened to them a, a while ago and and I I just seem to feel like he's he even says it in his in his own music that he samples everything and never gets sued so you know it's that's kind of a hacky thing to do as a musician create your own stuff they're even doing it on american idol dude so create your own stuff by the way have you seen alejandro on american idol this guy is beyond no. yeah this guy is beyond uh uh idol he's beyond all of this he's this guy plays guitar. I've never seen anybody play a guitar the way he plays it. I've, I, I have never seen any, any plays like, like classical music while he's singing. And it's just amazing. He's, he's just absolutely amazing. And he's, he's like a, he's like a, you know, a, a prodigy. He's like a, he's like, he's something else. He's not, he's not necessarily an American idol, but he is, He's something else. They, you know, they, they really did find a little discovery there. Um, Cause I think he's beyond that. Nice. I think he's like a virtuoso. I think he's, you know, he's a, just an amazing kid. 
I haven't followed Idol that much this time. I, I I get clips of it to my phone. I've followed the gay guy a bit. I guess he did a duet with the singer girl from Color Purple, played the Color Purple the other day, and they had an amazing duet of Cindy Lauper's True Colors. I saw that online. I saw a couple of the other girls do some things. I have not seen him yet or anything. I just happen to see a clip whenever it makes it to my phone, but I haven't watched the show yet. I usually wait until they get through with all the top 20 bullshit and get to the ooh, I cuss, uh, and get to the regular stuff. Oh, uh, really, Scott? What's with you swearing? Yeah. I know. Cheat, I don't watch all the other early stuff, so I've, I'll have to check out Alejandro. Yeah, I'm trying to look for his, for his for his freaking Twitter account, and I can't find it. Um, it's some it's some weird thing, a uh, scary pool party or something like that. What? Okay. Aranda? Aranda? Uh, Alejandro Aranda is his is his name. Um, yeah, he's 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 crazy good. Uh, I think he he performed with Aranda. Ben Harper. I found him on Instagram. Aranda. Scary pool party yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, he performed a duet with him with uh, Ben Harper two weeks ago or last week. And Ben's family is, they, they founded a, um, a, uh, uh, a music store and they close to where, uh, Alejandro grew up. Um, and they, and, and when he, when he found out he was, when Ben Harper found out, he was like, I, I, I'm going to be there to, to sing with him. And, and he remembers him, coming into his store and playing guitar and singing. He doesn't, he was like, I don't remember him ever buying anything, <laughs> but um, <laughs> he, he came in all the time for years and years and was playing the instruments in the store. And, and then when Ben heard about this, um, uh, he was like, I, I want to do a duet with him. And I know this kid and he's really good and all of that. So that's how Ben Harper got involved in in the uh, in uh, Alejandro's story, so or his performance. Nice. Yeah. That's very cool. I like yeah. those stories like that. It makes it cool. Makes it real. Brings a realness to it. Where are we at? Can we take a small break? We're at four thirty. We're gonna go ahead and take a small break. Um, let's see. I'm in a little country music mood. We're gonna play a little. Wait, you don't. Uh, you don't play country. You don't play oh, any don't country. Play country. No, right. didn't you say? Didn't you say that like you don't like that twang? I'm so lonesome, I could cry. You don't like any of that stuff. <laughs> you know, I like the current country. I don't like the old twangy country. I, I, yeah, you know, like um, too much, I don't like it. It's weird. I'm, 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 I've got a, 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 I don't know what to call it, uh, uh, for this, um. Uh, Maybe it's time song from um, Stars Born. Uh, you know, it's it's not really a rock tune, and yet it's and it's more of a country tune. And I'm just like, I don't know what it is. I, I'm just like hooked. It's a really good song to warm up for if you've got to do anything like voice work for this. Um, you know that type of stuff. Uh, then it's it's just a really good song. So I, but I I don't know if that's it either. And and it's one of those songs that's you know very country and and but they've they're putting it in rock and roll right now and playing it mainstream. Nice. We'll we'll kick it back old school then. We'll go to a little Sam Harris War on War. How does that sound? 
Okay. No, play the country tune that you were going to play. What were you going to play? No, I already I already went past it. Now we're Sam here. War on war. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that, yeah, do you? We got come on. There has to be some diversity have, here. Some you have now. to include. You have, there has to be some inclusion on this side. <laughs> you got right, play or, some Hank Williams or, or some shit. Oh, oh, that's twangy. Now that's twangy. We're not playing that. All right, come guys. Give us a call back three four seven nine eight nine. We're going to talk about, uh, on the way back, we'll talk about... I hear um, a lonesome whip or oh, we got to stop that Come now. on, come on. <laughs> There's a war on drugs and a war on crime. They say Jesus wants a war to wipe out Darwinism. There's so many wars messing up my mind. And most of all, you got your war of wars on terrorism. You say the American way is what we're fighting for. But I'm sick of the spin you put me in. So I declare a war on You tell me who to love and how to live and what to pray to Then you kill and fight Cause you say you must Depends on who we like and who we hate and who we pay to You say the American way is what we're fighting for But I'm sick of the lies you still deny So I declare a Keep me so scared And I don't wear like I don't 
And uh, to heck with American Idol, we have what was that Star Search back in the day? <laughs> Going old. Yeah, school. actually, I actually went to junior prom with Laura Flynn Boyle, who um, who uh, won Star Search one year. How do I know Laura Flynn Boyle? What was she on? Else was she on? Uh, wow, well, she's been on a bunch of stuff. The Practice. Um, she was on that for I don't know how long. That's it. Uh, and uh, Men in Black. Um, yeah, no, Lara, dude, she's done a lot of stuff. She used to, she used to date Jack Nicholson. Um, yeah, she's a tough chick. I like tough chicks. Yeah, tough. I haven't seen her in a while. She's gorgeous, I, but she I'm can not, be tough. Yeah, no, she's she's very tough, and she's a really really good actress. Um, yeah, we had a lot we had a lot of fun at Junior Prom. I took her nice. in my '78 Corvette, actually. That dude, that really? thing is going to be gone. I am getting some really good offers, and it's going to be gone. It's going to be gone like within within the next twenty four hours. So if you guys uh, out there want to place a bid, it's on eBay. Better do it. T-top, it's going away. Eleven thousand two tone silver. You gotta love it. I'm liking it. Drive like a movie star. Yeah. Well, it is a movie star's get- car. I, I, you know, technically, I, you know, it's not just in my head. Um, I have done movies and I've done starring roles in movies, not just extra work. Uh, I haven't done extra work in I don't know how long. Um, so since I was a kid and and uh, they're starring roles in movies. So therefore, a movie star. So it's not my verbiage. I didn't make it up. Um, and uh, yeah, so it is a movie star's car, actually. There you yeah, go. I got for a, just I got a mere so eleven much. grand. What was that? And for a mere eleven grand, it could be yours. Yeah, I, you know, like I, make me an offer. I, I'm, you know, that's that's what I'm looking at right now. So, and like I said, best offer, and it's it's going away. Would it be a cool ride to drive cross country to L.A. and though, of course, you may get flooded out and not be able to. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't you can't drive a Corvette. You can't drive a Corvette in the snow. And it's <laughs> yes, you can drive it in the rain. I have driven it in the rain. It is not a good time. Um, they, they especially 70s, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s even they didn't have all the traction control and all the all wheel drive and all the computers and all the crap in order to make sure that you're stable on the road. So, you know, Corvette, it's a roadster, man. That's a dragster. You, you, you gotta know that it will slip out on you. If you're going too fast, it, you will lose control of that car. There's a, there's a lot of people that, that wreck their Corvettes. Um, and that's why Corvettes are, are valuable. They, they don't know what they have, you know, I mean, as far as when they're driving it, they don't get it. And you have to be careful. You have to be cautious. She, it's a, it's a little, it's a little rattlesnake, you know, it's like, just be really careful when you hit that accelerator. <laughs> I love it. I've never really driven a super serious muscle car. I mean, my friend had a 64 and a half, um, 
Mustang that could haul pretty good, but I've never had an official fast, fast like a Corvette thing like that. One of the really sporty cars. Never driven one of those. Yeah, I've had a, old- I've had a couple, I've had a couple of muscle cars. I had a '93 Camaro. I had, which I kept breaking the trans mounts and the engine mounts on. <laughs> I just stomp oh, on the thing, and and it would, it would literally just break the engine mounts and the trans mounts. Uh, it was just too powerful for what, the way they were building it. And, uh, uh, I had a 67 olds cutlass 442. That thing was badass. Um, very fast for, for, yeah, 400 four barrel dual exhaust. Um, and so I, and, uh, I had another Corvette as well. So, you know, and yeah, they're, I, I, I like muscle cars, but I'm also getting away from, from all of that. We're, we're now making cars that are just as fast, if not faster and they're electric. So I really like to explore that. I'm, I'm, you know, I, 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 I'm living on this planet and, and given an opportunity to make decisions, uh, at least for now, um, you know, for what I want, you know, to do in my life in the United States. So, uh, you know, I'm thinking that would be a lot more fun because some of those electric cars are going zero to 60 in like two seconds, like 2.3 seconds, 2.8 some stupid number. That's a motorcycle fast. So wow. hey, that, that'd be fine with me. And those are the CUVs, the one from Tesla, the 900D. That thing is crazy fast. And it's a, it's like a, it looks like a Porsche Cayenne. It's a, you know, it's a four door CUV. It's not a, it's not a car. It's not a race car. Doesn't look anything like that. It looks like a four door, you know, CUV. But super fast. I can't even get into the lower cars anymore. I mean, my knees are so bad. If I have to get in and out of a small car like that, I, w- I would not be able to get out with my knees anymore. Knees are horrible. My friend, what was the boxy Porsches they used to have? 914s or 414s 914. or something? Yeah, 914. 914, that was it. Okay. Yeah. My friend had a 914. I loved driving around in that thing. But I could never get in and out of that anymore with my knees. But I love that. Yeah, car. and when you when your head stick out the top of that thing, I mean, it didn't uh-huh. like I know it had a target top that came off, but but isn't your head like sticking out the top of that thing the whole time? It's like you trying to get into like a, a I, I triumph. Have, for me, it was very bad too because I'm like five foot ten, but I'm all upper body. I have no legs. I only have thirty inch legs with five foot ten body. So like, if I sit down, I'm just I can. I'm eye level with any six foot two pe- person sitting down. Um, wow. So in cars like that, I have a real hard trouble. I got to watch what cars I get because I go right through the roof on a lot of cars. So oh yeah. You'd have a problem. Positive. You'd probably have a problem in the vet. So, cause your, yeah, your, your head might stick out of the T tops. Yep. I would probably have the T tops come off though. So it's a plus, you know, you just hang out the top of the T top. Yeah. Yeah. Be a little windblown, but that's all. I need, I, I need the, that's the new look. My hair is going to be the windblown look for the summer, so that'll be good. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I recommend <laughs> taking a Corvette cross-country. They're, they're a tough ride, man. I mean, you know, they're great for for showing off and, and for, you know, being being having it as an attractant. And, I mean, kids love them. It's a little, like, Batmobile. They love that type of stuff. And then, uh, you know, I've had people walk up and be, be like, dude, that is the sexiest car I've ever seen. So you have that, you know, happening as well. But um, it, driving it, 
actually driving it. And I'm not like, I'm obviously doing a, not a hard sell on this right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> driving it. Like, like I had this argument with, um, uh, uh, what's her face? Jenny Garth from 90210. She was going to buy a Corvette at the time that I was doing 90210. And we really did get into an argument over it. And I'm like, there is not a sports bra that, that you can wear that women can wear that will make their breasts comfortable in a Corvette. It, you feel every single bump, you feel every right. single part of the road and you're, you're going to be so uncomfortable. And of course she went out and bought a Corvette and then like traded in, I don't even know, six months later. I mean, it was a really quick, <laughs> you know, really quick time period that, uh, that she owned a vet. Um, and I was just like, I, you know, I, I tried to warn you. Um, I've been into vets my whole life. So they're, they're, they, they're kind of uncomfortable. Um, if you can make them more comfortable, you can do it with shocks, with different types of shocks, but you don't want to do that for the sports car part of it. So it's, right. you know, you want to want those shocks as stiff as possible. And, and, and the seats, you know, you don't want to replace those seats. Those are custom seats, you know, that were put in by the factory, at least with my vet. So I, you know, it, you can replace seats and make it more comfortable. You're still going to feel every single bit of the road. It's, it's still going to be extremely uncomfortable experience if you're driving yeah, across about, country. Well, for a hot minute, I was going to drive my little uh, Chrysler Sebring, but it's a little low, too. It's, it's nice. I like it because it has a sunroof on it and everything, but it's pretty low to the ground. And it's comfortable overall, but it's like same thing. It's low enough where I have to get in and out of it. It's a pain in the neck, especially driving. I want to get out. And relax. So I'm probably going to take the Jeep Compass, a uh, little SUV-ish, just for a little yeah, more Yeah, that'll comfort. be better. Yeah, a little, that'll be better the, for the trip. The real reason, too, is the Compass has uh, the hot spot in it. The wife mine doesn't have a nice car. So I can do that, and I can have my phone with me the whole time, and I'll probably drive that back and forth. Sweet. That's what I'm planning on right now. Still don't know which way I'm going yet, but I'll, I'll figure that out. In the next uh, week. Yeah, so you're not going to know until weather. until the day that you leave. That's that's exactly. that's when you'll know what route you're taking, because right. uh, the weather is absolutely freaking nuts. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I just you, you're not going to know until the day you leave on, you know, what's going on across the United States. Hey, can we zoom back into politics? Because I, <laughs> I want to talk about. Maxine Waters showdown with Steve Mnuchin. Did you see this okay. thing by chance? No, I did not. Uh, I'm going to play the clip for it. Maxine Waters, as some of you may know, is just a little spitfire, and she's pretty controversial. She's a Democrat, but she is the new um, president or the new chair of the House Finance Committee, and uh, she does not suffer fools gladly. She tends to have an attitude. And I don't agree with everything she says, but her and Mnuchin, who's the Treasury Secretary, got into it once before when she was in the minority, and Steve Mnuchin kind of kicked her butt a little bit. Well, now she is the chair of the same committee and brought him back in, and she spanked him hard. So let's play that. Nice. Let me talk over to you on here. But this is Maxine Water with Steve Mnuchin, and they're kind of talking about the taxes and stuff because um, that's who their quest is. The Treasury overlooks the IRS on trying to taxes. But here's this clip here. We'll talk about it as it goes. 
I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. I've told you I'll come back. I, I just don't believe we're sitting here negotiating when I come back. We'll follow up with your office. How long would you like me to come back for next time? I've told you I'll accommodate you. I appreciate that, and I appreciate your uh, reminding us of the length of time other uh, secretaries have been here. This is a new way, and it's a new day, okay, well, and it's a new chair, okay, and well, I have the gavel at this point. If you wish to leave, you may. Uh, can you clarify that for me? Yes, clarify. <laughs> So, so if you wish to leave, you may. Okay, so oh, we're, yeah, we're dismissed. Is that correct? No. If you wish to leave, you may leave. <laughs> I don't understand what you're saying. You're wasting you have your time. Don't re remember, you have a, a foreign dignitary in your office. I would just say that the previous administration, when the Republicans, they did not treat the Secretary of the Treasury this way. So if this is the way you want to treat me, then I'll rethink whether I voluntarily come back here to testify, which I've offered to do. If you'd wish to keep me here so that I don't have my important meeting and continue to grill me, then we can do that. I will cancel my meeting and I will not be back here. I will be very clear if that's the way you'd like to have this relationship. Thank you. The gentleman, the secretary, has agreed to stay to hear all of the rest of the meeting. <laughs> nice. Okay, Please so just cancel your meeting and respect our time. I, I am Who is wow. next on the list? My foreign meeting, you're, you're instructing me to stay here and I should cancel. No, you just summer. made me an offer. No, I didn't make you an you offer. You made me an offer that I accepted. <laughs> I, I did not make well, you an offer. Just let's be clear. Well, you're you, instructing me. You are ordering me no. to stay here. No, I'm not ordering you. I'm responding. Okay. I said you may leave anytime you want. And you said, okay, if that's what you want to do, I'll cancel my appointment and I'll stay here. So I'm responding to your request. If that's what you that's want to do. That's not what I want to do. I told you. What would you like to do? What I've told you is I thought it was respectful that you'd let me leave at 515. You are free to leave anytime you want. Time. You okay, may go well then, uh, anytime please. you want. Please dismiss everybody. I believe you're supposed to take the gravel and, and bang it. That's Please do not instruct me as to how to conduct this committee. Thank you I very much. Yield the balance. Mr. Secretary, uh, thank you for staying until 530. Uh, without objection, all members will have five legislative days within which to submit additional written questions to the chair, which will be forwarded to the secretary for his response. Um, and I ask the secretary to please respond as promptly as you're able, and I expect the Secretary to honor our invitation to return so that the rest of these members will have an opportunity to pursue their questions. So without objection, all members will have five legislative days within which to submit extraneous material to the Chair for inclusion in this record. This committee is adjourned. Thank you, and I look forward to being back in May. We'll work on a date. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> So basically what happened wow. is he went in there and said, um, excuse me, Madam Chairman, but I have a real important business meeting in my office soon, so I'm not going to stay here that long. And she kind of read him the riot act for it, as you can tell. But she doesn't, she doesn't take no rough from anybody. I thought it was hilarious. I was cracking up to the whole thing. Yeah, I liked it. Did, I liked what you did. I thought that was cool. And you know what but, Barr said today? Barr is saying that – had the gall without any proof to say that the the higher ups in the intelligence community spied on Donald Trump. Um, I'm pretty sure that's their 
job. That's what the CIA's job is to do, is to spy on people. <laughs> that, and especially you, people that are deciding to run asset, for president so. of the free world. Yeah, I, they're supposed to do that. They're supposed to spy on people. That's what they're there for. So what's the deal? And is he related to Roseanne? Well, I'm just tired of all these cartoon characters showing up. Oh, it's just silly. Bar. He said basically he just he just did everything the president wanted. He's just turning into more of a stooge each day. He just do whatever the president wanted and said, he "Okay, is a we're going to start investigating how this investigation happened," which is what all these Republicans have been saying forever. And now Barr, the the uh, Attorney General of the United States, who is the people's judge, not the president's attorney, it's the people's attorney, is going to do what the president says, and they're going to um, look into it. He says. I'm not saying that it's uh, that spying did occur, but we're going to look into it just in case. We're going to see if it was adequately predicated. What was his term he used? Like, okay. If I turn, if I turn right now, right now, and say I'm throwing my hat into the ring, Hurley 2020, the CIA is on my ass right this very second. If I, if I'm legitimate about that, exactly. They, that is their jobs. That's that's what they're supposed to do. I would expect them to look at me and say, "Okay, is this guy a, a viable human being?" I would absolutely expect that to try to figure out every single thing about me. But I mean, that's what that's the way it is. But all of a sudden, there's a problem. So I don't know. I'm just getting so sick this administration more every day. 2020 cannot come quick enough for what, me. What and day of the national emergency are we in? What what day? <laughs> Because I'm pretty uh, sure we're still under a national emergency, aren't we? 48, probably 48, 52, <laughs> I don't know anymore. We're, we're, we're under, uh, is everybody out there making themselves safe? Are, are you making yourself safe? I, I, and we are under a national emergency. Got to make yourself safe. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. What day? 48, seriously? Wow. Uh, ridiculous. Hey, uh, Motel uh, Six. Uh, we started oh, talking about that I yesterday. That. Yeah, yeah no, I didn't forget that. about that shit. Um, I don't stay at a Motel Six, but for anybody that does, they gave out all, every eighty thousand guests personal information without requiring a warrant to ICE. Eighty thousand guests personal information, and what ICE was looking for were obviously undocumented immigrants that we're staying at a motel six. Okay. I got the same thing for motel six. I got the exact, you know, they could have just turned to ice and say, Hey, hell away from our, our, our establishment. Bye bye. Now we're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're not, we're not folding. We're not giving up people's personal information. We, you know, we have this ethics thing. Um, So, you know, they could have easily said no. And instead they turned over a bunch of people's 80,000 guests, personal info. And, and like um, you said, it was without a warrant, they didn't have to. They wow. were not being forced to for any reason. Yeah, without yeah, without requiring a warrant. Um, it, I, <laughs> okay, I, the same thing. Uh, a health inspector. You got a health inspector out there who happens to be oh, I don't know, Latino. Um, do me a favor and just walk in to a Motel Six. I guarantee you, you're gonna find a cockroach, man. I guarantee you, you will find some mold. I guarantee you, you will. It's a Motel 6. 
I guarantee you will find <laughs> get a black light and go over the bed and see what you find. Ew. So yeah, um, please go shut them down. Just shut them down. Same with the hotels at the Saudi zone. Shut them down. Just freaking shut them down. I think is going to hit them pretty hard in the pocketbook, but I but I think they uh, they support nah. that, like you said. Nah, I don't know. I don't know how much it's worth, but shut them down. And I know that a lot of them, you know, are owned by by mom and pops. <clears throat> Excuse me, mom and pops, and that they're not, you know, people that can actually. Yeah, they can't afford to not own that Motel 6 in their lives. That's what they've done. Um, but, I, you know, this is a corporate decision in order to give 80,000 guests personal info out. That's not just a Motel 6 giving out information. Yeah, because it was That's only Latino-sounding names. When you're asking for Latino-sounding names oh, only, so discriminatory. It's so discriminatory, and it's so disgusting. The behavior is disgusting. It's just bad. It's just unbelievable. So, yeah, health inspectors, health inspectors out there, let's go shut these people down. It's really easy. At, like the pool, just go to the pool area of any of these establishments, including the Saudi establishments. Dude, you will find, you'll find fecal matter. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. <laughs> you'll, you'll find, um, uh, 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 I can't think of the name of the flesh-eating bacteria. You'll find that. Um, and then if you find overchlorination, that's also a problem. That's also a health uh, fine or a um, uh, regulation. You can't, you can't be overchlorinated in your pool. That means you're trying to fuck freaking, oh, damn it. That means you're trying to, now look, I swore three times in like, in, in like a half a second because I, you know, trying to control myself. Um, but yeah, you get, if you're over, uh, if you're, if you've got glorification, that's, that's just way too much. Um, then you're trying to hide something, something disgusting. So, or trying to get rid of something that's already there. Uh, yeah. Uh, just nail them on these health code violations, shut them down. All right. We're going to finish on that. Shut down motel six. That's all. We're, I guess we're not going to have them sponsor. It's a good thing we're drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> trouble there. I'm not planning on staying at a Motel Six anyway <laughs> on my on my trips. So that's not on my trip plans either. That's for well, especially sure. if they give out my info. Well, you know, exactly. I, you know what? Hey, hey dude, I, my last name's Hurley. So, and they were, you know, 60, 70 years ago, 80 years ago, the Irish, the immigrant Irish, were a problem. So same thing. They may give out my information because, you know, I got this Irish sounding name. Oh, shit. Look out for that Irish immigrant. All right. On that note, guys, we will see you here tomorrow, 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 o'clock Eastern time right here. Thanks for standing on my soapbox today, Mr. Craig Hurley. We will see you tomorrow. Thank you. All right, guys. We're going to go out to the rabble. This is 11 blocks. Thanks for playing. We'll see you tomorrow. Same bat time, same bat channel. Peace. Eleven blocks from my door to your doorstep. Three years later and it feels too close. I thought I broke the last of that breakdown. The morning I sold your winter coat. It doesn't feel right when I'm grabbing a coffee. Same old spot, but I'm on my own I feel okay in the day 
Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the Internet, reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says no to LGBTQ activists. The Mormon Church reverses its policies on LGBTQ parents. San Francisco police have arrested a man accused of slashing and nearly severing the hand of a gay man. Chastin Buttigieg made a splash this weekend speaking at the Human Rights Campaign's annual dinner in Houston, Texas. And CNN's Don Lemon got engaged. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. LGBTQ activists in Israel are angry after meeting with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu at his residence Sunday, where he reportedly told them he could not promise to promote LGBTQ equality after the upcoming elections this Tuesday. It was Netanyahu's first meeting with LGBTQ leaders in 10 years. According to the Times of Israel, Netanyahu said opposition from religious and ultra-Orthodox parties blocked him from meeting their demands. In a statement from the group following the meeting, the representative said the Prime Minister refused to commit himself to promoting equality of rights as a condition for the establishment of the coalition and expressed concern about the opposition of the religious factions in any coalition that will be established. 
with the final polls showing Netanyahu's party neck and neck with his opponent's blue and white party, some political pundits say the prime minister took the meeting for the photo op, knowing he wouldn't act on behalf of Israel's LGBTQ community. With that in mind, it's no wonder the estimated 500,000 LGBTQ voters in Israel aren't leaning in Netanyahu's direction. A recent poll showed only 6% of LGBTQ voters in Israel plan to cast their ballot for Netanyahu's party in the upcoming election on April 9th, while 31% say they favor the blue and white party. LGBTQ leaders in Israel are concerned as anti-gay rhetoric has grown more intense in recent years. In February, the Association for LGBTQ Equality sent a report to Israel's President Rivlin which documented a 54% jump from 2017 to 2018 in homophobic incidents. The Mormon Church, also known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, has announced a reversal of its 2015 policy and will allow the children of LGBTQ parents to be baptized. Beginning immediately, LGBTQ parents will be able to request a blessing for their child or children. At the age of eight, a church member will contact the parents and propose that the child have a baptism. While certainly good news, the church's position on same-sex marriage will remain unchanged, with gay Mormons being expected to remain celibate. The church's doctrine will remain that having same-sex attraction is not a sin, but acting on it is. However, the Mormon church will no longer label same-sex couples apostates or one who abandons a religious belief or principle. The church added that the shift in policy positions come in part as an effort to reduce the hate and contention so common today. This all comes on the heels of the governor of Utah signing a new tougher hate crimes law to help, in part, address the rising tide of anti-LGBTQ violence. San Francisco police have arrested a man accused of slashing and nearly severing the hand of a gay man at a roller rink on March 29th. The alleged attack happened at about 9.50 p.m. outside the Church of Eight Wheels roller rink. The accused, 30-year-old Lior Berglund, was reportedly hanging around the roller rink with a sword tucked in the back of his pants and wearing a red flannel shirt and red MAGA hat the preferred headgear of Donald Trump's supporters. The San Francisco Chronicle reports the victim, 27-year-old Gabriel Gausson, passed Berglund on the street and swatted the MAGA hat off his head. Prosecutors wrote in court papers that Berglund, quote, suddenly reached back as if to punch the victim, but instead quickly brought his hand down, holding what the victim thought was an umbrella or nightstick. Instead, it was a sword which partially severed Gausson's hand. He was treated at San Francisco General Hospital where he had to undergo emergency hand surgery. The owner of the roller rink, David Miles Jr., told NBC News that Berglund was mostly yelling anti-gay rhetoric during the incident. Police tracked down Berglund after matching fingerprints on a beer bottle and the MAGA hat that was left behind at the crime scene with a sword that was found by a security guard two days later. The weapon wrapped in a red flannel shirt, had a matching fingerprint on it. The MAGA hat is notable in reporting this story because hate crimes have surged since Donald Trump took office. The FBI has reported that hate crimes had their biggest increase since 9-11 in 
in 2017. And, as Miles reported, Berglund used anti-gay slurs during the attack. Berglund told the arresting officers he was home at the time of the assault and challenged them saying, what do you have on me? Nothing, because I didn't do it. He was charged, however, with attempted murder, mayhem, and assault with a deadly weapon. The San Francisco Chronicle reports that Berglund appeared defiant during his first appearance in court. He didn't enter a plea, but argued with his own public defender saying, why are you telling me to be quiet? You just basically implied that I did it. That said, Judge Donna Little set his bail at $250,000. A spokesman for the district attorney's office told the San Francisco Chronicle, no one has a right to strike someone with a sword because their hat was knocked off their head. Chastin Buttigieg, husband to Mayor Pete Buttigieg of South Bend, Indiana, made a splash this weekend speaking at the Human Rights Campaign's annual gala in Houston, Texas. Taking to the stage, he started his speech saying, So, I've had a busy couple of months. Never underestimate what can happen when you agree to go on a date with a cute guy from South Bend, Indiana. Buttigieg also joked about the possible history he could be a part of, saying, I could be the first man in history to pick out the White House China. On the importance of passing the Equality Act, which would add LGBTQ protections to the Constitution under existing civil rights laws, Buttigieg praised the HRC for the work it's done over the past years, adding, we need someone in the White House who will sign the Equality Act into law. And luckily, I know a guy. As I've reported before, Mayor Pete has quickly gone from what some might have pegged as a niche candidate for president to a mainstream contender, and Chaston is part of that whole equation. Here's Chaston's full speech at the HRC dinner in Houston, Texas. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Crystal, for your kind introduction. Uh, I would also like to thank Mayor Turner, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson-Lee, Congresswoman Sylvia Garcia, and the rest of the elected leadership in the room. I am truly honored and energized to address such a vibrant crowd here in the Lone Star State. Honestly, none of this would be possible without Chad Griffin and the Human Rights Campaign, so thank you so much for all that you do. So I've had a busy couple months. Uh, Never underestimate what can happen when you agree to go on a date with a cute guy from South Bend, Indiana. <laughs> Truthfully, being Pete's husband has already been the adventure of a lifetime. I now live in a world where people take photos of me in the deodorant aisle at the grocery store. <laughs> but it is not lost on me that I was able to marry the man I love by the grace of one Supreme Court vote. And behind that vote lies decades of struggle, organizing, and advocacy led in large part by the Human Rights Campaign. I could be the first man in history to pick out the White House China. And that is only possible because of you, so thank you. The Human Rights Campaign was there for me long before I met my husband. When I was 18 years old, I worked up the courage to tell my parents that I was gay. And while we have a great relationship now, back then things weren't easy. Eventually, I thought to myself, 
I can't be here anymore. So I moved out without a plan. I was scared, living between my car and friends' couches up in Traverse City, Michigan. I was taking classes at the community college where I heard about HRC. I signed up and I proudly slapped that HRC sticker on the back bumper of my car. It was like a bat signal to let other queer people know I was one of them. My way of finding community, of finding a home at a time when I didn't have one. Many of us know the loneliness that comes with coming out. Even today, years later, it can be a painful, isolating experience, and you can only hope to meet someone who understands you, who tells you that you matter and that you belong. Mrs. Bach, my high school drama teacher, did that for me. She knew I needed a place where I could feel safe, so she let me hide in the auditorium on tougher days. She's the reason I'm a teacher, why I studied theater education, and why I advocate for the arts today. And now I get to show up for my students in the same way she showed up for me. Not long ago, a few students asked if I could be their diversity club advisor. So I opened up my classroom and gave them a space to just be. They asked me the questions they've been holding in and I answered speaking truthfully about the difficulties they might face. I couldn't sugarcoat the dangers out there. There's no denying we've made progress. In less than a decade, we've achieved marriage equality and overturned Don't Ask, Don't Tell. But the safety and security of LGBT Americans is still at risk every day. Trans Americans, and in particular black trans women, face horrifyingly high murder rates. The President of the United States is trying to ban transgender people from serving their country and Texas's legislature is working to deny LGBT people the full expression of themselves. And in more states than not, you can still legally be fired because of who you are and who you love. Your work at HRC Houston is so urgent and important. The fight for LGBTQ equality did not end when same-sex marriage was legalized. Today, yes. Today, we have a patchwork of protections that vary depending on which side of a state border you live on. But your zip code should not determine your right to work, your right to learn, your right to live free of discrimination. It shouldn't determine whether you're entitled to the full blessing of the United States of America. That's why the Equality Act has to be our community's top federal legislative priority. LGBT people deserve full protection from discrimination, whether you are from Texas or whether you're from Indiana. My students deserve that. Your loved ones deserve that. All the people who haven't told the world who they are, who are terrified there's no space for them, deserve that. We need someone in the White House who will sign the Equality Act into law. And luckily I know a guy. My husband, Pete Buttigieg, you can call him Mayor Pete, was commissioned as a naval intelligence officer when Don't Ask, Don't Tell was still the law of the land and served a seven-month tour in Afghanistan when a certain vice president was governor of his home state. Peter is ready to serve our country in the highest office. And just as importantly, I think America is ready for him. Because of the heroic work that you have done over the decades to help make this country more equal and more just. Over the last three months of traveling the country at his side, meeting people from all walks of life, 
we have discovered that people are united in protecting our values of freedom, democracy, and security, especially freedom, to live an authentic life regardless of who you love or how you identify. And we have that freedom only because of the relentless determination of courageous activists and advocates like all of you who narrow the gap between the country we are and the country we can be, the country we should be. It's like what Harvey Milk said, burst down those closet doors once and for all and stand up and start to fight. So this is our moment to keep standing up and keep fighting for an even better tomorrow. Thank you. What to watch this week? Here's something I can't wait for. The new miniseries from FX, Fosse Verdon, will tell the story of two brilliant, complicated individuals, the love they shared, the art they created, and the price they paid in the pursuit of greatness. The first, Bob Fosse, visionary filmmaker and one of the theater's most influential choreographers and directors, and Gwen Verdon, considered by many the greatest Broadway dancer of all time. The good news for Broadway fans is dancers and choreographers who really understand Fosse style are in the mix, making sure the iconic Fosse Verdon dance style is captured accurately in lots of dance sequences. Because Fosse's dance style is so specific, it took a team of people from choreographers Andy Blankenbuehler and Susan Meisner to the Verdon Fosse Legacy, a foundation run by Verdon and Fosse's daughter, Nicole Fosse, to make sure that the movement was accurate. The Verdon Fosse Legacy's mission is to promote, preserve, and protect the artistic and intellectual property of Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. The miniseries will span five decades exploring the romantic and creative partnership between Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. As Bob journeys from Broadway choreographer to award-winning director of stage and screen, he fuels his manic creativity with drugs, alcohol, and sex, often abusing his celebrity and power to feed his appetites. Gwen goes from a legendary triple threat winning four Tony Awards in six years to an actress struggling to stay relevant in an industry obsessed with youth and novelty and double standards. Through it all, and this is important, folks. Gwyn continues to play a vital role in Bob's work, not only as the greatest interpreter of his choreography, but as a largely unrecognized collaborator, even as their marriage unravels in the face of Bob's increasingly self-destructive tendencies. The series will feature show-stopping choreography, including original pieces, as well as some of the most iconic works of their careers. I'm so excited to see this, folks. Fosse Verdon premieres Tuesday, April 9th, on FX. Sean Hayes of Will & Grace fame is teaming up with producers Mike Schur and Gabe Liedman to bring an LGBTQ animated spy comedy titled Q-Force to Netflix. The streaming platform has reportedly ordered a 10-episode first season of the show. Hayes and Schur will co-produce, and Liedman is on board as the showrunner and executive producer. TV Line reports that the show is, quote, about a handsome secret agent and his team of fellow LGBTQ super spies. Constantly underestimated by their colleagues, the members of Q-Force have to prove themselves time and again as they embark on extraordinary professional and personal adventures. Hayes is rumored to be the voice of the lead character, but Netflix 
has not confirmed. CNN Tonight anchor Don Lemon announced he is engaged to boyfriend Tim Malone after the real estate agent popped the question while celebrating his birthday. The 53-year-old journalist shared the news on his social media this weekend with a photo of their two dogs' collars asking, Daddy, will you marry Papa? Lemon added the caption, He gave me a present on his birthday. How could I say no? The couple have been dating since 2016. Congratulations to the happy couple. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And I want to give a special shout-out to Scott Fullerton of Left of Straight Media, who's syndicating The Randy Report podcast on his own successful network. Scott airs my news roundups paired with my past interview episodes as part of a three-hour block of talk radio programming on Wednesdays. He starts with an hour of current events talk radio with his co-host Craig Hurley at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by The Randy Report at 5 p.m., and then talk radio show Voices for Change 2.0 with husband and wife team Joe and Rebecca Lombardo. Thanks, Scott, for helping spread the word of The Randy Report podcast. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.
struggle, it's a struggle, it's a struggle to find me. When the world breaks, you stand tall. When you feel pain, you fight it off. When they go low, you go high. Cause you're gonna be right, the storyline. Those that don't believe in you, farewell. They try to keep you down, but time will tell. Take a leap of faith, you won't fail. Now the right to work, in my future self. You gotta keep up, you gotta be strong. Don't lose the faith, you gotta keep on You gotta keep up, you gotta be strong Be strong, be strong You gotta keep up, you gotta be strong Don't lose the faith, you gotta keep on You gotta keep up, you gotta be strong Be strong When the world breaks, you stand tall When you feel pain, you fight it off When they go low, you go high you're gonna rewrite the storyline Those that don't believe in you Welcome to the Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. As regular readers and listeners of The Randy Report know, I really enjoy showcasing new music artists. I love how music affects us, where it can take us, and how it can often be our safe space. Today I'm chatting with Parker Matthews, who releases his new single, Hit and Run, today. A little background on Parker. He was touched by the power of music at a very early age when he saw Whitney Houston sing I Will Always Love You on the 1994 Grammy Awards. From focusing on creativity and music in school to staying up nights writing songs, he knew music would be a driving force in his life. He also found solace in his music as his younger years were impacted by bullying and depression. But instead of letting the bullies win, he pulled himself up and became the artist he is today. He also uses those dark times as an inspiration to advocate for LGBTQ youth by supporting the National Foundation for Suicide Prevention. With musical inspirations that include Christina Aguilera, Lady Gaga, Adele, Jennifer Hudson, and Jesse J. Okay, all of these are my favorites, so he's got great taste. Parker says his music is about the message of human connection. And speaking of connections, I should mention he was one of Music Connection Magazine's Hot 100 Live Unsigned Artists last year. But I'll let Parker tell his own story. Let's first take a listen to his new single, Hit and Run, and then we'll chat with Parker Matthews on the other side. Babe, I can tell you're done, you're hurting. They knocked you down, did a demolition. But I can see a fire burning. 
I'll fix your heart, be your resolution. You never let me ask you questions about that. But baby, wake up, cause I'd never strike back. You've got yourself down low, cold air you're blowing. I'll eat you up, I'm here, I'll get you going. Stay with me, stay with me tonight. I don't know, but it's alright. Take a breath, feel the air in your lungs. I get so high, I feel it glowing. So simple, sweet, on the tip of our tongue. You never let me ask you questions about that. But baby, wake up, cause I'd never strike back. You've got yourself down low, cold air you're blowing. I'll eat you up, I'm here, I'll get you going. Stay with me. Because I know how long it takes to write the music, to produce the music, to record this music, to get it like equalized and everything. Does it just take? Did it feel like forever before you you could get this out to the public? You know, I didn't think it felt like forever. I think it a couple of months. Um, you know, from the start of writing the first hook in the shower, where I always write most of my material. In the in my shower. Head. That's a good um, right? actually recording. What, yeah, yeah. 
my best ideas come in the shower. Yeah, but as far as you know, writing the lyrics down, uh, getting up my writing partner Darren and writing the melody to it, and going to the studio, laying the tracks down, all the fun stuff, and then like you said, finding EQ, editing all the all the good stuff there. It did take a couple months, and um, but we finally did it, and we have a lot more coming after this. So I'm definitely excited. Awesome. Now, do you have a favorite part of the process? Do you like the writing, the recording, the the producing? Is there a certain part you like? I mean, definitely writing is, is my one of my favorites. Um, I always write you know, true to my heart and how I really feel. And all my material is something that I've either been through or experienced. So that's definitely something fun and semi-therapeutic for me. Um, but recording, I mean, obviously I love singing, is a lot of fun. And um, not this track, but some upcoming ones, some ballads that I have. You know, they get really emotional. And I actually put everyone in the studio except for my writing partner to leave and leave us alone and just turn the lights off and set the tone and really deliver the material the way I intended it to be. I love that you mentioned that. I read that you, you often work into the night and sometimes you, you come out of a session of writing or creating uh, as the sun's coming up. Why is it creative people love the nighttime? Don't you find that? I do. You're right. And, you know, I really think this might sound strange, but, you know, the darkness, not, not in a negative way, but just, you know, it being nighttime and, there's really not the, you know, all the lights gone. So you just have to focus on what you're doing at that point. And kind of for me, you know, all the busyness in my mind and what I have to do tomorrow and the next day and whatnot just, just fades away. And I'm just in that moment, you know, right there, right then. And for me, that is what makes the night so appealing to me. It's kind of like my time. It almost feels safe. Like you can't see the rest of the world or something. Or they can't see. Exactly. You. Yes, it creates that space. A very famous Broadway choreographer and director, Bob Fosse, famously uh, had a studio that he liked to use, and he was very insecure, and yet he was a genius. And he would go to the dance studio in Midtown, New York City, and dance like at one in the morning for a few hours by himself to get stuff out and to, to find material. And so I just find so many creative people love the nighttime. I know I do. Yes, yes, and I, I'm a total night out, even outside the studio. I'm always up like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's just I can't help it. <laughs> well, tell me about the inspiration. You said everything you write comes from something or someone that happens in your life. Tell me about the inspiration for Hit and Run. So Hit and Run, I mean, you know, really, the, the, in this generation of one night stand, mm -hmm. I'm over that. And <laughs> when when you get with me, you know, I don't intend it to be a one night stand. I don't want to sound mean to this, but I'm kind of a picky person, and I don't just, you know, it's not just anyone, oh, whatever, whatever you want. It's, no, no, if I, if, if this happens, I intend it to be something more than just a, a one-night stand, more than just a hit and run. Um, and that's why, you know, this song, it, um, it wasn't written about just one person. It was kind of several stories that were very similar that I went, um, it's your experience, rather, so in the, you know, the, the beginning lyrics are like, babe, I can tell you're done. You're hurting. Like th this previous person knocked you down. They, they did a demolition on you. But I can still see a fire inside of you, and I'm going to fix your heart. Let me do that for you. So, uh, you know, a lot of people come out of these relationships or you know, dating experiences, and these people just, they, they let them tear, these, these people let other people tear them down or just totally crush them. And while not everyone's meant for each other, you know, this world can be a mean place, you know, and then when you do find something, that passion, like moving into the chorus of, of the track, you know, um, light it up like dynamite, like, like this is like something, this is so fresh, so new and exciting, like that's, 
that's what I mean when I'm when I'm saying those words. Oh, I get that. I do. When you were writing it and you're looking at the music, so you knew lyrically where you were going with this. Do you have a sound in your head that you think echoes the 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 texture or the the sentiment of the lyrics? Is there something that you have a you just have a vibe or anything, or is it just sitting down with your partner and and just seeing where it goes? I mean, I definitely have a vibe. Um, the original idea. So I wrote most of the words, like I said, in the shower. But the original idea, I was actually driving back from a trip to San Diego to see some friends. And I was just, I actually was thinking about, like, I hope I don't have a car accident because I always get, like, zone out driving. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought of hit and run. I was like, yeah, like, you know, that really sucks when people do that. And I thought, oh, my God, this is literally so applicable to my life. Like, this is what people go through all the time. And then I got home, took a shower, and I was like, this is it. Oh, yes, this is it. Um, but then when I so I usually write the lyrics for myself first, and then I'll meet up with Darren, and then we kind of go from there. So I do have a general idea, but it's never. We always definitely see where things go, and I'm always open to experimentation mm-hmm. and uh, trying new things as well. I personally love uh, the the sensibility of your music. I also know Lost with You, which I by the way I love the music video for Lost with You. It was practically an indie film short in its storytelling. It was very well done, and the camera work was very interesting. And without like trying to trying too hard, if you know what I mean, because sometimes people do music yeah, and they yeah. just kind of want to throw the kitchen sink at something to show how creative they are. And I thought it was very well done. But both songs, you have a very pop EDM uh, sensibility to me, which is right where I am in pop music right now. I really like it. Yeah. Um, it's approachable. It feels good. Thank it you. feels cool. Um, I think you're right in a sweet spot there with with what you're doing. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I'm excited for you to hear these, uh, these ballads coming up, too, because ballads are like my favorite as well. Well, you mentioned ballads, and I was going to say this. One thing I really like about your voice, and I'm not just blowing smoke, but I'm going to tell you this. Uh, a lot of people uh, now really flip into their head voice or their falsetto a lot. I've never been a fan of the falsetto thing. And you have a real warmth in <laughs> the middle and, and lower part of your voice that you don't shy away from. And I'm aware of it on both songs, Lost With You and Hit and Run. It's really warm. And I thought, nobody is singing like this now. Well, maybe John Legend. But, um, <laughs> but it's a really great spot in your voice. And it really stands out as something different for me right now. Thank you. And you know, when I – singing, I always say everyone has a voice, whether it's, just, it's the tone that sets you apart. So you know, when I sing, it's – my life, I've been through a lot, both good and bad, and that kind of – really shapes the voice that I've grown into today. You know, when I hit those high notes, then there's that, that slight grind. Uh, you drop off support a little bit and to, to, to convey that emotion through, you know, that's, that's me letting out pain. That, that, that's me telling my story. But also the, the warm notes that you're talking about had a lower register too. It's, that's that, that sweetness and just like you got you to feel that when you're in the studio. And, and that's what really helps convey that through to the listener. So it's, it's definitely a fun process for sure. Oh, it's 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 a romantical sound. Let me tell you that. The first time I, I not <laughs> often I listen. I get I, I I get sent a lot of music all the time because and publicists realize that I do write about music. I do save. There's only so much bandwidth on the Randy Report for music, and I reserve it uh, primarily for LGBT artists or LGBT allies because I want to make sure that they get the exposure that they deserve. Because sometimes it's a little harder, and especially when you're an indie artist to get out there. And so I, I keep this bandwidth set aside and I get so much music now. It's like nobody bothers to look at the Randy report and know what I really write about. 
it's rare that I play something through like three or four times when I get it. And I can tell you, I played Hit and Run like four or five times. I just put on repeat because I just really liked the bounce of it. I liked the, the vibe. I thought it was terrific. So something I did want to touch on, and I'm, I'm only going to touch on it because you've uh, mentioned it in interviews before. And I think it's very important that you mentioned that when you were younger, you a lot of your experience that you write about and who you've become today came from being bullied, suicidal thoughts, depression, which I'll just be honest, I went through a very similar thing, so I can relate to that. And you used your music to turn this around and make yourself stronger, and now you're an advocate for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, which I think is awesome. Yes. So a little bit about my past. You know, there was definitely bullying, and, and there was a lot of, I had a very abusive father um, as well. And, you know, without going too much into detail, it was, I mean, it, going to school every day, it was, you know, being made fun of because I was into music and into the arts and into something that wasn't uh, kosher, the normal, what boys do kind of thing. Um, I used to be a gymnast and a dancer, and I, because that's what I love, that, that's being creative and because that's who I am. And there was a point uh, when I was 14 that, I remember I actually called my mom at work and essentially asked her to talk me off the ledge at that, at that moment. But it was in that moment that I wanted to end my life that I realized you have two, you have two choices here. You, one can go through with it and do it, and then you're done, and they win. Or you can stand up and pick up every piece and put yourself back together and move on with your life. And that's what I chose to do. And, you know, one thing that, really resonates with me today is think about it. We all go through as people go through so much trauma, whether I mean, everyone's story is different, but we still experience pain, happiness, all those emotions of a human being. But if you're shattered, picture yourself like a, like a glass. If you, you're shattered on the floor in a million pieces, but if you pick all those million pieces back up and glue yourself together, you have a beautiful mosaic piece that light shimmers different colors off at every different angle. And if you put someone who has no trauma, just a plain glass and then a mosaic glass next to it, what's going to catch your eye first? Absolutely. It's obviously the mosaic one, because that's, that's the beautiful person that you are. And you're not afraid to be vulnerable. You're not afraid to embrace life in general. So I, and music truly saved my life. Uh, you know, Christina Aguilera actually went to my same high school and stripped was, came out right around the time that I was going through a lot of this stuff. And, that, you know, finding my solace in music is what really took me out of that horrible, horrible place. So what I want to do is give back to people to create, even if it's just for two and a half minutes of their life or their time of that day, to create something, to create a space for them to put those headphones on and to take them away from whatever it is they're going through just for that time. That's my goal. Well, I thank you for, for even just having the wherewithal to pull that together in your head because you are still a, a very young man in my opinion and to be able to pull that together and and crystallize that and know that that's a message and and a journey that you want to put out there uh and to help other people i think is uh, really terrific and i thank you for that because some people in a in a different vein you know uh i had cancer in 2009 i'm great now but it was interesting when you when you have some, when something happens to you and you meet someone else that it's happened to, you kind of have a bond with them. You, there's a little thing. But I remember Definitely. one of my friends I found out had, had had cancer before me, and I said, doesn't it just make you want to, like, go do something? Because I became involved in, in cancer 
organizations and things. And my friend said, no, I didn't want to do anything with anything. I just wanted it to go away. And that's one way to deal with it. And I'm not going to judge that. But I know for me and listening to you, I think we can take these experiences and, and do something positive and not, not just be two steps forward, one step back, but five steps forward. If we take this all together, we become that mosaic that you mentioned, which, by the way, is a gorgeous metaphor, and use that because I just think it makes you a better human being. It definitely does, for sure. One uh, last thing. You're performing at a fashion show next week during Fashion Week. How cool is that? Because Fashion Week is the coolest thing. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. We actually, I fly out Thursday at 6 a.m. Uh, from L.A. and then we go straight to New York. For, and then I perform on Saturday the 10th for a future show. So I'm very, very excited about that. So that'll be fun. And then I actually come back and then I film, I'm doing a lyric video for Hit and Run. Uh, we found this beautiful, uh, like it's like a penthouse downtown that overlooks the whole city. So we're going to shoot the video there. So definitely watch out for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just busy. Thank you so much for having time to talk with me. And good luck at the fashion show performance and with your music. And please come back and talk to me about your future projects because I think you're terrific. I really do. Well, thank you very much. And I most definitely will. <laughs> I appreciate it. You have a great week. Thanks, you too. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy the podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button on my page on iTunes, and then every time I upload a new episode, it'll be sent straight to you automatically. Also, I constantly see folks asking friends on social media for podcast recommendations, and I love it when people spread the word of The Randy Report. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I report on the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I want to thank my guest today, Parker Matthews, for chatting about his new single, Hit and Run, and I'm going to play out of this episode with his first single. This is a little bit of Lost With You. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. Can this moment last forever?
Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. Hello and welcome to Astro Kiki. My name is Kyle Thomas and I'm a pop culture astrologer. We have an exciting show today with several different segments. We will be diving into an astrological forecast as well as pop culture stories and celebrities that are happening in Hollywood right now, as well as a wonderful and incredible guest, Lindsay McKeon. I will pass this along on to my other hosts and they will be able to talk a little bit about themselves. All right. Hey, guys. I'm Sam Davidson, red carpet reporter, big know-it-all, everything celebrities, big fan of astrology, and I'm so, so excited to start this show with you guys. This has been a real big passion project for us, so can't wait to start. My name is Aaron LaFaro. I'm an astrologer and life coach, and uh, I'm ready to dive into some celebrity charts and see what's up. And our special guest is Lindsay McKeon. Hey, Lindsay, thank you so much for being here. Hi, guys. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So, like I told you before we started the show, I have been a fangirl of yours. I yeah, mean, she is totally fanning out. I, <laughs> seriously, though, One Tree Hill has been one of my favorite shows for my entire life. So, just to give a little bit overall of who you are, Lindsay, for those that don't know, you've been acting since you were 12. You have been in so many things like Guiding Light, of course, mm. One Tree Hill, NCIS, Code Black, House MD. I was literally just watching Veronica Mars the other day. Ah. I'm re-watching that as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I paused it and I was like, is that Lindsay? You sent me mm-hmm. that, that text and I was like, oh my God, yeah. Not yeah. really. <laughs> that, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, like Third Rock in the Sun. What was the other one? My first one. Oh, Boy Meets World. It's like all of these what is it, 90s pop culture? Yeah, like late shows. 90s, early 2000s. Right. And those are shows that really shaped people, and I'm sure they shaped you as a person. You're okay. a Pisces. Are you Are you into this stuff at all with astrology? Oh, my God, I'm super into this stuff. <laughs> I'm a nut, and I'm always asking my friends or people that I meet, I'm like, when were you born? Where were you born? i got to look up your chart. Oh, God. You're like, Kyle, we meet someone new. And, What's your sign? And I'm like, oh, God, yeah. here we go again. But on that note, you know, these guys know a lot about what's going on in the stars and what's going on for the week ahead. Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, we were going through a Mercury retrograde that was just in Pisces. Uh, it was so, awful. How, no, how was that experience? Dude, I was dying. I know. I was literally dying. I, I reached out to you because I was like, what's up? F is going, I don't know if I can curse on here, but I'm going to try and do it. Okay. Um, but I was like, what is going on? Literally, it, it was like something took over my body, and I likened it to like being pregnant. Like, I have no control right now. Whatever's happening is just happening. I was floored. Like, I would go to my dance class, and I could barely move my body. Mm-hmm. And normally, like, my mind can take over, and my strength can take over and push and force something yeah, to happen. Totally. But last week, I couldn't force anything it was wild but it was actually really beautiful like it it opened up a whole new like level of comfort and ease within me so that was cool but it sucks during the process (laughs) totally i feel you tell us about this uh so this mercury retrograde was insane it happened at the very last degree of pisces the very last degree of the zodiac right (laughs) would have started over again went directly over your sun so your sun's at 20 degrees it went right over 
Um, so what does that mean? So it, it literally impacted you on a soul level wow. very directly. Wow. Um, it went direct with Neptune, which causes mystery mm. and illusion, confusion, illusion. Mm. A lot of people, if you haven't noticed, like, have been sort of in a fog. Yeah. Um, mm. We've all been in fog. We've all been kind of just like, what's going on? We feel like we're in a new year. We feel like we're in new energy, but then something's also holding us back in yeah. a way. Um, that's going to get better next week. Leave shadow. We can finally put this retrograde behind us. Right. Um, so tell us about, I just want to tell us about the shadow thing, because you guys have been telling me, I was so excited that Mercury in retrograde was over, and then these two bozos are like, no, there's the shadow. Not yet. I'm no, like, no, no. you have to be kidding me. When is well, this going to be over? One thing that I think you can kind of address about specifically with Mercury retrograde is that obviously it affects our mind communication. Technology is also something that's very affected by this as well. Anything with a lot of, a lot of moving parts, if you were. Um, also, you know, with it being in Pisces, Pisces is an emotional sign. It's an intuitive sign. It's a mystical sign. Apparently, uh, sensitive. And with it, with Mercury going to be retrograde and predominantly water signs throughout all of the year, it means that we're going to consistently have have to focus our emotions and our mind and balance them mm. because they're not on the same page right now, mm. and we need to reevaluate reevaluate that and try to find a better course of action forward. Mm. So, you know, that's why this was a very emotional retrograde, and we're going to have another one in June, or July. What? And I know it's going to <laughs> happen again, but it's going to be in Cancer. It's oh, you know, moody yeah. Cancer. Right? Oh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that's one thing, you know, just asking everyone kind of prepared, that you're going to have to dig through that emotional turbulence and that those, those ashes and that dust in order to evolve to the Level. I will love to say that though. Mm-hmm. When Mercury retrogrades in water signs, it has a cycle, so it goes through each element mm-hmm. for about a, a two to three years. Uh, when it's in water signs, our external manifestations are actually most in alignment with yeah. our internal needs. So it's actually going to be a great year for anyone who is trying to like see some tangible t- things tangibly change in their life. Right. Um, so you know, so be that, that emotional. Yeah, I felt a huge shift. Well. You guys, I like it. It was actually quite amazing what was happening, mm-hmm. even though it took such a toll on mm-hmm. me. And I've learned enough now to listen to nature and what I'm actually feeling happening with the stars or whatever it is. You know, I, I feel like my body energy can feel the mood of it, mm-hmm. and I listen to it and I go with it it's rather than happening. fighting it or being upset about it. You You're know, Pisces. you are the most you know in tune telepathic and mystical kind of oh yeah you Thank like you. <laughs> you know but you you naturally are magical within that mm. and that's exactly what you're saying and that's why I love that yeah you know. Yeah. Being well, in tune with the rhythms of the, the solar system. Yeah, and, and allowing for it because it's bigger than you. So instead of fighting against the the, the tide, right. you're actually flowing with it and it makes it easier on you. Totally. How about for the rest of everybody? You know, what is going on as generally or you know a little bit more specifically with the next week or so? Yeah. Well, let's let's finish talking about sh- shadow for a second. Oh, right. Illustrate oh, yeah. So so basically, uh, in in the sky when the planets retrograde, they hit a point that they're going to go direct at. So they keep moving. Once they hit that, they begin shadow. They keep moving to the point they're going to retrograde at. And, that, and they, they turn, backward, they turn backwards and go back to that original point. That shadow period is when they go direct mm-hmm. and finally clear the full zone they went backwards in. So that happens on, on um, next Tuesday at the 16th. Aries will hit the 29th degree of Pisces and then enter Aries. You mean Mercury will hit the... Oh, sorry. Mercury will hit yeah. the 29th degree of Pisces 
and it will finally allow us to move forward. So we've been still digging up all of that emotion, and now we can actually charge forward in a better, clearer understanding of where we need to go on our individual soul path. But I think that's what's so cool about Mercury Retrograde. One, I think people think it's actually turning backwards, but it's not actually. It just looks like it's turning backwards. But what happens, right, when you go retrograde is that you're able to excavate all of this old internal stuff. You get to work on Mm -hmm. a lot. And it can be grueling, but really beautiful. And once you, like, clean that up and Mercury comes back to, like, being in its proper position, you know, you've delved through all your crap and you come out anew again. Totally. Like totally. rebirth. Yeah. It's, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's such a beautiful process. So one thing that's actually really interesting today is that Jupiter, the planet of good luck, good fortune, miracles, opportunities, is actually going retrograde. Huh. And this really is yeah, going to affect mean? you because it is both of your rulers. You're a Sagittarius rising mm-hmm. and you're a Pisces mm-hmm. and Jupiter you know, through the ancients has always been connected to those two signs. Hmm. So once that energy is going to go retrograde, and I, I believe it's until what, August 11th? August 11th, it went, it's already retrograde now. It went yes. to like 10 01 a.m. So right cool. when you're coming to, to meet here. Uh, and yeah, it, it, it'll hit your chart. It's going to be in your first house. So a lot of self uh, will be being reviewed. Again, kind of similar to the, the Mercury retrograde in Pisces, which hmm. is also yourself. There's a lot of pieces to, to it. Um, but uh, it's going to be a great time to, if you want to put yourself out there, uh, you're going to go through and re-review everything in terms of how you expand yourself, mm-hmm. both physically and mentally, mm-hmm. so that then when this retrograde is over, you'll see all the results, the, the abundance, the, the luck, the good fortune, uh, the projects go through. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be, very, again, very self-directed for you specifically. Wow. Well, and one of the things just kind of general for everybody to understand is that, you know, with Jupiter being this, this giver of luck and magnetism and, and power and influence, uh, it, it takes 12 years for it to go around the sun. So it visits a different area of our life each year. Right now, with it being in Sagittarius, it has been there since November of last year, and it will continue to be until December 3rd of 2019. With it being in Sagittarius, it flows magnetically and it brings so much good fortune and optimism to everybody's life. But because depending on your chart, it is going to affect you for different ways. So for instance, if you're a Leo, you are falling in love or you have opportunities and creativity that you have not had in 12 years. If you are, uh, let's say for a Pisces, you know, with you being a, a Pisces Lindsay, it is affecting your career and it is giving you the opportunity to explode mm-hmm in every ambition to the greatest like public degree that you can, that you've had in 12 years now, right. you know? And so it's really allowing you to... It's been a tough 12 years, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting for this. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so it's, it's really cool to kind of see that, you know, when, you know, it visits these different areas, we have the opportunity to create our lives. However, with it being in retrograde, it means that this, this luck and this opportunity has to turn within. And we have to actually you know, build the space in, in our lives, inside of us, to actually manifest. And receive that. And receive the blessing. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like so, that. So in the same, going back to, like, with Leo's, is that, like, if they haven't found their true love or, or, their, or the, the kind of love that they want, they need to go in and make themselves ready to receive right. love in order to allow that abundance. Not just sitting there like, oh, now love is coming. Exactly. Like really preparing yourself for it. Exactly. Yeah. Is there any other things that we want to touch about with Jupiter before we jump on to our pop culture segment? Uh, I mean, I covered everything. 
Perfect, perfect. Do you well, want to say how it affects everybody, every sign, or no, is that too much? It's, it's a lot. And I think okay. we're going to kind of touch on that, you know, with, you know, as we go forward. But. Oh, yeah, because in our pop culture segment, we are going to be talking about some of the biggest stars, their signs, and everything that's going oh. on. And we can't wait, so stay tuned, guys. Perfect. We will jump right on pop culture shortly. Guys, so we are going to be going into our pop culture segment, my personal favorite segment. We are recording here in Hollywood, and of course, me being the expert that I am, I know everything that's going on. First story is something that's really sad and it's been bumming me out a little bit, but it involves a lot of people, and there's clearly a lot going on with these people astrologically. So, Wendy Williams. She is a huge talk show host. If you guys don't know who she is, you probably know her face because you see her on TV every single day. Um, She recently told her entire audience live on the air that she had been living in a sober living facility, and we'd really seen her decline over the past few months. She fainted live during one of her shows, um, I believe it was in November, and then she literally took a couple months off of her own show and had a different guest host every single week. So she's finally back, and then she admitted, you know, she was working on herself, getting herself clean. She's an alcoholic, and I'm not sure if drugs are related or what, but she's really, you know, had a problem with substances. Sadly, right around when she got back and she announced that, you know, she's getting clean, blah, 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 these rumors about her husband, Kevin Hunter, immediately emerged that he had been having an affair for a very long time, which is something that people say she knew about. Mm. However, dum da da dun the woman was pregnant oh. and literally just had the baby days after Wendy Williams told everyone she was living in a sober living facility. Then she... Oh, the, the mistress? The mistress had oh, a baby. The mistress... No. The mistress had a baby. That'll drive you to drink. Yeah, so she she left the sober living facility, checked out, picked up a bottle of booze on her way home, got drunk, had to be taken to the hospital. And then on her show last week, she said basically, I think it was the week before last, we're taking a pre-scheduled one-week break. It's been a really difficult week for her, a couple of weeks. So first, I want to talk about what is going on with her during this time, because it just seems like so much turmoil. So definitely, this is her Mercury retrograde moment. Mm -hmm. It hits her chart very intimately. Uh, Her husband hits his chart very intimately, and the mistress is also a Pisces. So... um, Well, Wendy is a Cancer, and that's one thing we do want to make a note of, Um, as well as Kevin Hunter is a Virgo. And so I do think that, you know, looking at that, Oh yeah, how that Mercury retrograde was affecting them is, is pretty crucial. It, yeah, it, it's aspecting their their houses of, I mean, specifically well, Wendy as well, but both of their first house of self as well as their seventh house of relationship mm-hmm. and serious relationship. That, that would be where marriage would be for um, Kevin, her her husband. husband. It would be yeah. So, what is his compatibility like with Wendy, and what is it like with his mistress, um, Shauna Hudson? Or Sharina Hudson, I'm sorry. I mean, for, for he honestly has great compatibility with both. Uh, I think... That's messed up. <laughs> I think the mistress having the same, have, being a Pisces, their sons are, are in this cosmic dance of yin and yang between each other. 
However, Wendy's first house and seventh house have Virgo and Pisces in them as well. So he does fall in there and she falls in, into his uh, in, into his sector as well. But with the retrograde happening in his seventh house, well, rethinking a marriage, mm-hmm. like, is this really what, what's right for me? And mm-hmm. then having to go direct and like, oh, well, I have this new, uh, this new opportunity coming up or this new relationship developing. And I believe the baby was born like right around the time Mercury went direct as well. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like the universe was like, hey, look at this. Well, the one thing that really stands out to me about their entire situation is that they are dealing a lot with eclipses, which are destiny and forced change that happens to our lives, as well as Saturn, which is the, the taskmaster mas- task and brings responsibility and hardship to our lives. It essentially forces us to change through obstacles. Mm. So with the eclipses that began last July in Cancer, they are falling directly upon Wendy's. And then also they are falling in her house of partnership, which is Capricorn, which was January 5th. It's going to happen again on July 16th of this year. And then again on December 25th. Whenever we have a dance with eclipses that are in our sign of identity, and then also our partnership sign, we are forced to look at how we function in our partnerships. You know, are we being in a balanced relationship? Are we happy? Are we validated? Are we really, you know, getting what we need in order to grow and, and thrive to the greatest of, of ability that we can. And then with Saturn being in Capricorn, which is across the sky from her, it is showing that her partners are cold, isolating, and it's forcing her to reevaluate hmm. literally how she how she wants to be perceived with that. Yeah. I mean the thing is is now of course she's saying that a split could be coming up as it should and it's complicated, though, because he's been like a business partner for her. He almost her manager. She doesn't make business decisions without him. And I mean, she has this huge talk show. So how do you see kind of that playing out? Would it be best for her to break ties with him? Will that affect her career? Well, I mean, the thing is, with, with Saturn being, it's also, so, you know, everyone has two charts because you have your natal charts, which it shows from the moment that you were born, you know, where the, where the sun was rising and that's your rising sign. She's an Aquarius descendant, but then she's also a Cancer. So we look at both the solar chart and the natal chart just to kind of, as, as an astrologer, to kind of see these different aspects that are happening. When it comes to, you know, being across the sky in her seventh house, it's teaching her a lot about partnerships. But it's also in her twelfth house of privacy, enemies, and secrets as mm. well. Like, like, yeah. can you talk about that? Oh, yeah. Right? Like, the twelfth house, it's... Uh... Think about how you shoot yourself in your own foot. You're, it's yourself undoing. Mm-hmm. It's also a place, a deep place of spirituality. It's you seeing the patterns of your life that are keeping you going round and round in circles. Charts are circular. Time is circular. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if right before a new beginning, you have to be like, well, do I want to have the same results? Am I going to keep doing the same thing? No, I have to change and actually stick with the change, not fall back into the pattern, back into addiction. The, the 12th house is a place of addiction. Uh, it, it is Piscean. It's, it's cosmic knowingness of everything and and and, yeah yeah i get it can i just say that it was totally cool listening to you speak about this subject because you know a woman who is in a relationship and i've had these experiences in my life where there are certain people that happen or certain events that happen that are really like undeniable and it was like they were brought here on purpose or Mm -hmm. you have a different you know you guys have a past relationship and a past life something like that so hearing you speak about that from somebody that I'm not connected to at all, I get to like 
stay separate from it and be like, oh my God, how cool is this experience? As much as it's painful that she's going through this, that you know, you set this up or nature set this up cosmically Literally, for you destiny. to grow yeah. and learn and like how beautiful is that? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And can you see that beauty as you're going through all this fucked up shit? And you the know? Pain, and the yeah. pain. Right. You know? Like, yeah. yeah well, I have always been a fan of hers, so I really wish her the best. And, you know, if she ever needs a reading, you know where to find my boy. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we're going to talk about one of my favorite icons, Britney Spears. Oh, yes. yes. So as a lot of people know, Britney Spears has just checked herself into a mental health facility and this is apparently because her father has been sick. So she announced a few months ago or towards the end of last year, I believe, that she was starting a new residency in Vegas. She was ending the first one, starting another one. She then quickly canceled it and said, my father's really sick and he needs my help. It all is a little bit fishy. Her relationship with her father, which we'll talk about, is complicated. Um, he t- basically took over her life after her breakdown in, uh, what was it, 2000, yeah, 2008. Um, and he had Back in the day. Yes, conservatorship um, over her, and he was in charge of her money, basically everything she did. And Britney Spears' Instagram, actually, is the only thing in her life that she's actually in charge of. She isn't in charge. That's the only thing they're like, okay, you can have the Instagram. So if you've been going through her Instagram, you know, weird conspiracy theorists like me are like, what are the signs? <laughs> I mean, like, I've listened to podcasts like, is Britney okay? What's wrong with Britney? Like, there's actually entire podcasts dedicated to what's been going on with her. Now that's power. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, that's power. But I mean, power that she probably does not want. She's like, get off my nut. Yeah, <laughs> leave somebody. Exactly. <laughs> Quoting um, a YouTuber back in the day, leave Britney alone. Right. So, Br- you do. <laughs> so, Britney, then, next thing you know, her dad's recovering, but she just checked herself into a mental health facility. She posted on Instagram the other day something about, you know, a quote about taking care of herself. Um, and then she says, everyone deserves a little bit of me time. So, What's going on with her? Is this something that is good for her, or do you see a lot more stuff going on than what is being told to the public? I think similar to Wendy, mm-hmm. it's forcing her to confront things that she needs to release and let go so she can be and get to that better place that she's meant to be at. Uh, knowing her energy intimately, we have the same birthday. Uh, there's a lot happening. Did you see her head? Well, I, actually, it's funny, I actually did shave my head in 2008 right before she did. Stop. Oh my god. I don't think I have pictures on that top of my leg. Okay. Uh, Probably for the best. She, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so this week, her ruling planet is retrograding. Yeah. Another, Today. another planet retrograded on Monday in the asteroid belt, also in Sagittarius, right over her sun, which is forcing her to have to really look at how she's nurturing herself. Is she Sagittarius? She's yeah, Sagittarius. Oh, yeah. She's a Sagittarius. Of course. Um, I know. <laughs> they just fly by the seat of their pants. I know. You can't, you know. <laughs> not well, I, that. I, I love that. Me though. too. I, it's so fun. And you're sad driving. I know. I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. But, like, with, especially with, you know, her, you know, ruling planet, you know, going backwards in her sign. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want her to sound bad. I mean, I, I've adored, you know, Britney Spears for, for so long, and I know she's been iconic for so long, but... It's been a very apparent thing that she's not happy for a very long time. 
and she can snap her fingers and make money because she's lucky and she's beautiful and she's powerful and she's talented. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, she wants to, to go back into herself. She right. wants to be with her family. She wants to be, you know, focusing on her next 12 years of her life. It's rather so than, hard to be happy when you're like a wild animal that's caged. Yeah, yeah. totally. And Saz does not like to be caged. Totally. No. Yeah. Yeah. At all. At all. We need freedom to move up. at any moment. We're, right. we're expansive energy. We need to be able to expand ourselves. We need to fly yeah. as much as possible. Yeah. yeah. What about her father? Have you, you know, looking into his sign, what what's really going on here? I think one of the, so as Kyle mentioned earlier, there's the eclipse point. Yes. So when she was born, her north node, which is signifies the eclipses is in cancer. Her father's a cancer. Mm-hmm. It's, in her, it's in her 10th house, which is also significant of the father. So he has a large reign over her life. Mm-hmm. And I think, at, especially if he's deteriorating, that's definitely triggering her in a lot of ways because she's, she's like in her late thirties. Like she's, she's spent her whole life yeah. being controlled mm-hmm. by other people. And the, the chance of like that, that person, that especially significant person leaving is definitely turning up a lot. Well, also, it's like, what is she going to, you know, there's got to be that element of what am I going to do without him because you have somebody taking care of you for so long. Totally, totally. Well, it's weird because, like, I, you know, when when doing predictions of, you know, astrology, you always want to make sure that you're you're looking at the light and way things that can grow. Mm -hmm. But, like, with the eclipses falling in his identity, his, his solar, you know, first house, and then also across the sky, it means that he's going to go through some very, let's just say, intense evolutions. Every six months. For the next year and a half. And I don't want to say something bad, but you may I you may get some ideas about what that means. Mm-hmm. Well, especially with Saturn and the meeting in Capricorn. Exactly. Like, I mean, his son. He's, he's deteriorating very quickly, and he's not going to... Oh, like, that's I, terrible. I'm, I'm pretty sure Pluto yeah. is, like, right across from us. Yeah, I, 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 got, I got sweat. He's not saying that right now. Sorry, guys, but, like... You know, he's got a, you know, he, yeah. he could, he could, I mean, he's got the money of the world, you know, so he could, if he gets the best treatments and really, you know, is focusing on his health and she is there to help him, I do think that he has an ability to recover or grow. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, sometimes life forces you to really. Yeah, absolutely. Transform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. 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 Oh God. Well, regardless, obviously wish him the best and, you know, um, mentally, psychologically speaking, I can see why that's such a scary thing for her. Hell yeah. Absolutely. You can do it, Brittany. Right, right. All right. Next, we have a story that is a little bit lighter, even though it is about, um, (laughs) I'm like, even though it's about someone being in prison. Uh, (laughs) It's so funny. At my job, they're like, Sam, pick lighter stories. I'm like, but it's what's going on in the world. (laughs) So um, Mike Sorrentino, so this is going to be a quick one, Jersey Shore, Mm -hmm. the situation, he has been in prison the past few months for um, tax evasion. And it was this whole thing. Everyone was really worried about him. And Snooki, Nicole just came out and said that he is doing the best he's ever been doing in his entire life. He loves prison. Um, <laughs> Good for him. He's like <laughs> been coaching, you know. See, he loves being caged. He loves it. Yeah. And he's a cancer, so hey, he's like, box me. Oh, in, it's honey. easy, right? right? Put me in a small room, feed me. <laughs> right. I'm good to go. Right? Just tell me I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs
So, I mean, he has a history of substance abuse, and so he's been, like, coaching people in there. Wow. And, you know, going to meetings. He says he's playing bingo. It's like living in an old folks home. He <laughs> loves it. So even though this is a dark time in his life, you know, my question is, is this actually a transformation going on for him that's in taking a positive step? I think so. So he, he does have a Sagittarius moon, and, and his natal is conjunct Neptune. So I think he really is just making the best of it, trying to like spin it into an optimistic way. It's interesting, including Lindsay, every single person we're talking about has a Cancer North node natally. So oh, it's all totally on theme for our episode. What, so what does that mean? So it, your North Node is, is the direction of life you're going. Mm-hmm. Uh, so very nurturing, home family based. Uh, it's, a, it's a place of emotional, financial security, mm-hmm. spiritual security as well. Uh, it's where the eclipses are currently. So you're having your nodal return, as are all of these people. So they're all kind of coming back up into awareness of where, where, what, I have been, what I've been doing for the last two cycles of my life. Well, in the North Node, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure that this is accurate, but like, it's all about your destiny ultimate. It's your, it's your destiny of life. So you know, looking at your chart, what you're supposed to learn in this lifetime. And then you look at yourself now to see what you're coming from because it's a place mm. that you always return to because there's a safety and you've learned this in past karmic lifetimes. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's one thing. But one thing I want to say about about him is that it's so interesting that we're talking about a lot of cancers right now because the sun is in their house of public recognition right now. So that's why we're talking a lot so about cancers because that energy is magnified. So we're talking about Wendy. She's a cancer. We're talking about Brittany's father because he's a cancer. And we're talking about Mike because he's a cancer. And hmm. right now they're all in the public eye. I swear I didn't know that when picking these stories. That's actually wow. really weird. Yeah, is that crazy? Synchronicity. I yeah. gotta say I love cancer men. <laughs> You're a water sign. Cancer women are cuckoo, but cancer men, I love. <laughs> I mean, everybody's a little crazy, yeah. Every sign has its own unique crazy. I know, I do. So we see good things for the situation. Is he getting his situation together? It's, you I know, it's pulling gonna, it together. I think by the time he's out, if you, I think it's the end of the year, right? Yeah. I think it's, he's going to be in a completely different spot and, and feeling really good about life and probably will see a, a resurgence of his career and maybe a new direction. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, Snooki, you know, is, is being his publicist right now, being like, hey, you know, bitches, he's doing real good, and he's still fabulous, you know? So, like, that kind of, like, literally, you know, that that announcement and public recognition being known is is how he wants to be known, mm. you know? So that's kind of, kind of growing there. So, yeah, I think that's kind of what we feel on that. Okay. Yeah. Well, my last little segment for you guys is my celeb WTF. This means... Something I've always been curious about, like, what's going on with these couples? Why are they together? They are the most random pairing. Why did this happen? This week, I'm going to be talking about the Biebs. Justin Bieber, as we all know, he has had a very long love saga with fellow pop star Selena Gomez. And next thing you know, he's married to Haley Baldwin, someone who he's been on and off with for a long time. Um, But... It's been difficult for him because right after the engagement slash marriage happened between him and Haley, Selena went away for months because of an apparent suicide. Um, And there was photos of him all over town crying, like paparazzi, and like Haley's just like taking care of him. And so what, how are these three cosmically tied together? Is there a toxic thing going on there with one of them? Well, my first thing that I just want to look at is, so Justin's a Pisces. 
Selena's a Cancer, mm-hmm. and Haley's a Scorpio. So oh, we yeah. have so much water sign <laughs> drama right now. Yeah. She's either a very end degree Scorpio or a very first degree Sagittarius. You don't have the exact birth mm-hmm. time. Totally. But totally. It definitely, there's definitely a lot of strong water in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like with water sign drama, I mean, the emotions. And it is it is all about the intense, you know, what when, when, when I'm, you know, seeing water sign drama, it's like they stab you in the heart where because they know exactly where it's gonna hurt yeah. you, you know, and then and then they're like, Yeah, you can go cry now. Because I'm gonna go cry too. And that's you know? what makes it so passionate. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, You're talking it. about this is a bad thing. Yeah, okay. Tell me, tell me about some water sign drama. Like, God, I don't know. There's definite water sign drama, but I love it. I tend to be totally attracted to it because I think that <laughs> makes the best sexu- sexual relationship. I, 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 I agree. As a Pisces, as a Pisces I yeah. <laughs> I love it. But it's deep. It's you so know? deep. It's like, so, nobody so deep. else will make you feel that deeply. And that's what I love, of course, being a Pisces. I'm like, make me feel as deeply as I possibly, possibly can. Yes. So it's beautiful, though. Get the surface shit away. <laughs> I'm like, is it beautiful or is it toxic? Well, I mean, the thing about it, too, is, you know, like, looking at their specific, you know, the way that the charts are, you know, we don't have her exact degree of, mm-hmm. of, 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 of timing. Who, but, Selena? No, Or Haley. What I, what I noticed in looking at their charts, specifically for just from Justin's perspective mm-hmm. with either Selena or Haley, there's a Mars and Venus opposition. Ooh, that's so but, hot. But wait, he has the same theme, but it's flipped for, for with the other one. Wow. I believe, I believe what does that mean? So there are Mars and Venus are your sexual planets, your relationship planets, your divine masculine, divine feminine. Uh, it, when, when looking at compatibility, that's what you want to go go to. That yeah. and your moon sign as well. It's the yin and the yang. Yeah, and so and and then too, also the planets themselves are the cosmic lovers. Mm-hmm. So when, whenever they're aspecting each other, that's that will really tell you what's going on with within that with, with what the compatibility between those two individuals are. Mm-hmm. So the Mars and the Venus. Mars, Mars and, Venus. and Venus. Got it. Yeah. So, but also one thing I want to look at too is so you know. Because of, so there's there's 12 pieces of the pie of the horoscope, you know, so each different area of the life of our life is ruled by one of these. And so from, you know, Justin's, you know, spot of the sky, you know, cancer rules love for him. So it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, Selena is his true love, but that energy is very, very just, it's, it's like pulling. Oh, mm-hmm. it's just so magnetic and powerful there. I gotta tell you, that's been the most powerful for me too. Yeah. Being a Pisces is always like the Cancer men. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I'm, totally. I'm with. I'm my partner has a, his son in my fifth house of, of Aries. I love so. it. I love it. And, and Justin did say in an Instagram post after there was a bully bullying his wife, um, saying she was terrible, that he was just trying to make Selena jealous. The account literally is like um, a hate account for the ship name of Haley. And Justin, and you know, he said he posted and he said, "I'll always love Selena, but I love my wife. And if you continue to send her hate, you're sending me hate." But you know, he did admit, like that's a very bold thing. I loved her, and I still do love her, but I also love my wife. Like what? Well, the thing that one thing that I was just thinking about too, from Haley's point of the sky, you know, if you know, we really do have her on the Scorpio spectrum. Her fifth house of love is Justin, is Pisces. Oh, this is just so sad. This so is it's like, like she's always so she's so drawn to him, yet he's always 
always connected to Selena. Oh, that's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a it's, wheel. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Love triangle right there. Oh. You can still be attracted and called to somebody and not be with them and yeah, with somebody else on it. Totally. I mean, I feel like that's been my last four years. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. that relationship can transform because that relationship with an ex of mine transformed into a whole new beautiful like friendship and family. That's thing. amazing. Yeah. So, well, speaking of you, Hi. hello, Lindsay. <laughs> we are going to get into everything Fuck. about you, your chart. We know that you have some stuff you want to focus on. So, boys, take it away. Well, I think the first thing, you know, we want to talk about, like you said, career. Mm-hmm. Career. Sure. So, do you want to give us some backstory? Like, what do you want to, you know... Give us some, whatever details you feel comfortable talking about, and then we can kind of play with that. Yeah, um, I, so the last, like, two years, I have, you know, taken a shift a little bit from just acting and now writing and creating my own scripts and projects and being attached as a producer on other ones, and um, so I saw, like, a big push for that and for content, right, and that happened over the last two years. And then there was kind of this, like, not really a break, but then acting resurfaced again for me. And I was like, oh, hello. (laughs) I thought we were done. Um, And so I'm kind of just being open to that. And now I'm seeing, like, um, also more start to happen with these projects that I've had sort of, like, in my artillery are now starting to find funding and movement and stuff like that. I love it. I love it. Cool. So, I mean, I guess just kind of looking at some basic dates, you know, I, I, I think, you know, looking just from like Pisces right here, you know, I think talking maybe about like the communication sector and then the career sector. Oh, yeah, you have a lot. Maybe even there. like the creativity sector. Where do you feel like we should focus first? I definitely know. Just Power like, sector. <laughs> okay, well, that would be the how that's that's correct. Be the so, <laughs> oh, my God, I love so, you. So right now it's a perfect time to be communicating about this. Uh, and then you have a lot happening in home family, that, that your security or like nest egg area. Taurus season, you're going to be feeling a huge surge of upsurge of creativity, mm, mm-hmm. which, uh, so you said you're looking for funding, you're looking at commitment. Taurus is a financial sign mm. and you have, and that is your natal creative, uh, your natal creative area as well. That's very interesting because my mom, dad, like, uh, godmother, like so many Tauruses have been around me and I'm like, what is this connection? But they literally do help, help fuel me. Yeah. Like where Pisces is like, I'm lost. I'm a dreamer. I don't care. They give me directions. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, so they that uh, area is also unconditional Thank love. <laughs> so the, their oh. love helps you find that creative. It helps inspire you. It's this. It's the same area of children, of romance, of fun mm-hmm. sex. So you know, Taurus season is going to be great. Just for everyone collectively, Taurus season will be wonderful because we cl- will be clear of the Mercury retrograde. Mm-hmm. We'll be Saturn and Pluto will retrograde, so we can calm down about our, how we're achieving or how we're transforming our lives, and uh, kind of get more. See more of the fruits of our labor from I mean, yeah. pushing out and turning every season. And just question for, you know, astrology dummies, kind of like me a little bit or anyone. I always like to think of the signs. I'm like, what month? Can, that's kind of how mm-hmm. I picture it. So what months are Taurus season or dates? Well, we're in Aries right now. We're, yeah, we have about a week and a half left. Yeah. Taurus season begins Friday the 20th and ends May 19th, 20th? No, it's, um, so I'm May 18th. That's my birthday. I'm roughly on the cusp, depending on if you believe in cusps or not, um, but it's usually about the 20th, 21st. Okay. The sun usually kind of dances on it. About mid-month to mid-month. Yeah. They are the, mm-hmm. each season of, of astrology. Okay. 
copy yeah. that. Got it. So one thing I do want to highlight for you for your career achievement, though, mm-hmm. um, is that you have a full moon in your career achievement around June 17th. So that, if you look back to what you were kind of building, you know, in December, so like January, no, no, um, December 7th to like the 17th, you know, the, either the projects or the, the seeds that you're building. And one thing that I'm always trying to teach people is that imagine your life as a garden and you have certain times that you have to, you know, plant strawberries, which could be love. And then you want to plant cucumbers, which happen to be work, you know, like you want to use those windows in time and actually to, to build and bring in the biggest harvest. So, you know, one thing, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get into that more, but I do think that that's going to be a really big point in time for your career, depending on those actions that you've built oh. before. And then the next window for you is November 26th until 10 days after that. So, you know, you really want to focus on, you know, building your career because that's going to identify your 2020. Mm. And then Venus, the planet of magnetism, is going to be in this sector from November 1st until November 25th. So, you know, that's going to be a really big window where you, you know, looking just even from your solar chart, where you're going to have ability to kind of harness and and magnify that energy. Mm. So uh, one thing I noticed in your natal, with your natal chart next week, on the 19th, there's a full moon in Libra. Mm-hmm. Your natal moon is in Libra. Mm-hmm. You have your Mars in Libra, Saturn, Pluto in Libra. There's a lot of Libra, guys. A lot of Libra. It is your natal 10th house. Mm-hmm. This full moon is going to hit all of that and bring a lot into into your awareness mm-hmm. next, right before we enter that Taurus season. Mm-hmm. Um, Saturn is your achievement. Saturn is, is your 10th house energy. Mars is your outward energy and action. And your, your natal moon is Libra as well. So the lunar return for you, which you can set new intentions for your person yourself personally mm-hmm. think of it like a new moon um and so you'll see something kind of in terms of career reputation something around next week as well cool the week. cool so we are we have just i, I, I kind of want to wrap up one question that we had about your your life uh, before we jump oh, into wait, can I oh yeah ask just one more thing yeah. so you were talking about the north node versus the south node i don't yeah. know where my where's my south node Cap- uh, capricorn capricorn they're, they're getting polarity so mm-hmm. cancer capricorn the earth and water signs are their polarities so pisces virgo taurus scorpio cancer capricorn okay and her north node is in cancer, cancer. so yeah so you're really focusing on the foundation of your life in this this lifetime because mm-hmm. you've always had career success right yeah thanks I mean, Capricorns are like, I, I used to always say I never hung out with any Capricorns, and now mm. there, are, there are so many women that are Capricorns in my life, and they are like go-getter, determined, mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. will stop them once they have a goal in mind. That's amazing. I totally respect that. And I know there's one last part that was kind of interesting um, about <laughs> you that we all are curious about and wanted to talk Me about. Too, guys. Well, can you, can you give us a little background? That's just a little bit, just maybe like two minutes <laughs> or so. Like. Um, so, I... You know, I spent a lot of my younger years working and then being kind of in the party scene and being a little bit like, not necessarily lost, but um, more like hiding from my true self because I didn't really fit into society. I felt when I was young, so I struggled with that a lot and I used like substance, substance abuse in order to feel comfortable with myself. And so the next part of my life was basically like taking a spiritual sabbatical and getting really wrapped up in this kind of cultish environment um, and, and following somebody who was a very strong, you know, quote unquote leader. And um, 
you know, really focusing on like meditation and going the complete opposite of where I had come from before to now I'm more balanced out. But I was curious as to what in my chart would make that happen because it also seems like me and this person have been drawn together for a specific reason and probably over lifetime. Do you know his sun sign? Um, which one's the sun? Uh, which is the month you're born? So you're Gemini. Gemini. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, which I've had things with Gemini's in my life. It's really bizarro. So you're, so you're, so, that's, that's your so, so, that's so what your does that mean? Relationship sector. So mm. important relationship. Mm-hmm. Gemini energy. And, and, and it starts in your 12th house of spirituality of that, that loop of, of, of substance abuse, getting lost, getting swept away. Mm. Um, also just looking Pisces, Sagittarius energy. Exactly. That was the one thing that I wanted Super to Super yeah. spiritual to begin with. I'm, I'm the reverse of you. I'm a Sagittarius sun, Pisces rising. Mm. So we're, we're in a way we're this weird mirror of each other. So I have very similar experiences and their energies, they can get carried away mm-hmm. in what they're doing. Pisces can get lost, especially right. trying to escape. You also have your Mercury and Venus in Aquarius. Which that's you feeling that you don't you're different from society. Mm-hmm. Or how do I integrate? How do I give love? How do I receive love? Mm-hmm. And you know, Aquarius is all about that kind of humanitarian mm-hmm. kind of kind of energy. But they always feel like they're almost a bit of an outcast in a sense. Mm-hmm. So you're feeling lost. I don't know. I don't know. That can easily be taken over by somebody who yeah. says, "I have the answers. Follow me." Well, Especially with a strong personality. Yeah. Even just looking at the basic planets that rule you, you know, with you being, you know, a Sagittarius rising. So we have Jupiter, which is like you have this optimistic, idealistic, right. you know, very expansive personality mm-hmm. in view of the world. Yeah. So being manipulated by someone that can control you, mm-hmm. that feeds into that, yeah. is something that is. That's one of the That's easiest ways sure. for a cult leader or whatever and, to totally. do that, you and, know. And totally. interestingly, feed your hope, you know. Your natal Jupiter is in Scorpio, which is a sign of power and control. Mm. And so your energy, so your chart being ruled by Jupiter is in a sign where you are open to that manipulation, that, that mm-hmm. someone else trying to grab that ring for you. And mm. Scorpio is also a water sign, spiritual um, but it's also about transformation. So mm-hmm. in that process, you're finding transformation in better ways to expand yourself. And you said, as you said, you found better balance in your life. Which is totally. I mean, they brought me, it, it was some of the craziest, Gemini's have given me some of the craziest lessons. <laughs> um, but I've used them, you know, to my advantage. And I've come out so much stronger and more aware on the other side. So. Totally. Cool. Yeah. Well, fun. It, it, it's good crazy. <laughs> good news. Good news. So to end the the segment today, we want to play a little game with everybody, and it is Bang, Mary Kill. We have three Aries celebrities, because we are in Aries season. Fun! And, you know, I just kind of going to throw them out there. So we have Kristen Stewart, Emma Watson, and Robert Downey Jr. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can just take the ring. All right. Let's see. I will start. Um, second, I heard Kristen Stewart's name. I was just like, kill. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no hate to Kate <laughs> Stu. Um, love her work, but yeah, she's a goner for me. And then we have Emma Watson, you said? Emma Watson. Emma Watson. Um, she's Hogwarts, right? Yeah. I, I guess I'd marry her. Um, and I'd bang Robert Downey Jr., even though I kind of want to marry him, too. <laughs> I've always been super attracted to Aries. That's, that's my, that's my you're thing. A Libra. You're a Libra. It's yeah. hilarity. Mm-hmm. All right. That's some good Aries sex. <laughs> Aries are designed for it. Are they? They're programmed to go 
at it. Yeah. Well, I'm an Aries rising. Oh, baby, baby. Leave that out there for all you gay men that have to be single and live in Los Angeles. Hey. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Aaron? Okay. So, Chris Stewart. I've always loved and resonated with Emma Watson, but, like, I feel like I'd have more fun in the long run with Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. But I feel like she'd be a very good partner, so I'd maybe marry her similar to Sam and, and fuck Robert Downey Jr. Well, bang. 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 Like bang. Shame on you. It's all good. Um, so, let's see. I would bang Kristen Stewart. Because oh. dark and moody is fun for me. Um, and Emma Watson has always irked me. There is something about that girl. Uh-uh. She's got to go. And Robert Downey, I'm marrying him. Like, he is dreamy, lovely, out bang him, marry him, anything, all day long. <laughs> you know, he loves, like, turquoise and crystals, and he's oh, into this. Oh, my God, we need to get him on the show. Yeah, he's incredible. So, yeah. Aries are all hippies. I'll be with him forever. I love it. He's a very lucky wife. Yeah, totally. She cool. will. She helps him. Well, this has been an amazing, amazing time today. Thank you so much for, for being for with us. Thank you for having me. Our inaugural guest. I love you. I love like, you. So, uh, is there anything you want to kind of finish off and, and tell, you know, our Yeah, I mean, or? it's just, you know, in terms of films and TV projects, um, stay tuned. If you look at IMDb, you can see what's going on with me. I have a couple movies that will be coming out next year. Um, and then follow my podcast, which is called The Oldest Millennials Alive on iTunes. I love that. Yeah. I love that name because I also am like, I'm an old millennial. Right? You We're can't so take that away old. from me. <laughs> I am a millennial. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. This has been a blast. You can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram. We're going to be here every week talking to different people every week and with new stories. So we hope you guys enjoyed. Again, my name is Aaron Lafaro. You can follow me on Instagram at astrology underscore coach. And thank you again for following all of us. Uh, my name is Kyle Thomas, and you can follow me on Instagram at M-R-K-Y-L-E-T-H-O-M-A. Also today, I would really like to thank our first sponsor, Love by Luna. I have been working with Love by Luna for several years now, and their products are just so incredible. The, the quality and you know, the beauty of them is, is, is just something that I really stand by. Uh, with Le- uh, Lindsay being a Pisces, we wanted to pass along two exciting uh, gifts uh, from Love by Luna to Ooh, you. So you can take a look it? at them. So I'm going to let you uh, I love gifts. Thank into you. them. Oh, my gosh. How sweet is this? <gasps> I love Pisces necklace. Yeah. So it's the, it's the constellation. It is so beautiful. Oh, I love it. It's gorgeous. Thank you, Love by Luna. And then in there, that is... Are we oil? Is it? That the, is the Mystic Manny uh, nail polish. Oh, it's nail polish. Yeah. yeah. So it actually it is infused with crystals. Stop it. Specifically for Pisces. Dying. Yeah. It's totally. <laughs> I like, love, I love it. it. Yeah. So you can you can set intentions. You can mm-hmm. actually you know really kind of focus on harnessing your energy and utilizing those crystals, but also be beautiful as well. And wear it on my fingertips. Yes. Oh, so much power. I love it. I'm all about power. It's so witty. <laughs> Cool. And everyone, please make sure to check out Love by Luna at lovebyluna.com. It's lovebyluna.co. Lovebyluna.co. There is some really amazing stuff there that if you love astrology, you will absolutely love those products. 
Thank you again, guys, for being with us today. My name is Kyle Thomas. I'm a pop culture astrologer, and it is a true honor to have you listen to our first podcast. Again, thank you to our team and Lindsay, and we will be leading out with uh, Preston Wiggins into the unknown. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.
thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio, and you can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to join us next week, and don't forget, we are the only e-news of astrology. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.